Welcome to E-Society Podcast. Hey, hey, what's up? It's Lisa back again. E-Society Podcast. We talk TV, movies, comics, collecting, sports, and everything entertainment. And this is episode 302. Today we'll be talking about TV, including Mr. and Mrs. Smith and Kings from Queens. Movies including Beekeeper, American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Holdovers, Maestro, and Past Lives. And as always, the weekend in sports, the week in Funko and collecting weekly Star Wars moment and our weekly random movie and song recommendations. Before I go any further, it's the news. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? <clears throat> Let's jump right into this. We got a lot to run through. I started my uh, Oscar watch, and um, I got one and a half films to go. So... Yeah, we just uh the two well the last one uh I need to go to the theater cuz I don't see it streaming anywhere or or elsewhere. So but that one seems to be the shortest one out of all of them. Every single movie was over 2 hours if other than Killers of the Flower Moon it was three and a half, but I already got that one out of the way uh a few times. So but <clears throat> Might as well kick it off with TV. We don't uh, we don't have much, but I will start it with a TV show. It came out in 2018. I started watching it um, when it first came out, but then it just it just didn't. I don't know. I was so into uh, Sons of Anarchy, and when we went to Comic Con the last time, the I think it was the Hilton Bayfront or whatever had this big huge if you guys have been to comic-con they always put this big huge uh, sticker posters all over the windows and it was it formed uh the for the tv show uh fx show mayans mc so i gave it a shot when it first came on and it just didn't it didn't appeal to me it just was like eh, okay whatever i watched like one episode and didn't care for any of these characters <clears throat> So, because I was so into Sons of Anarchy, because that show was awesome. I've watched that a few times, uh, the full series. So, I'm like, you know what? I kept seeing clips for this on uh, Facebook. So, I was like, oh, this looks cool. So, let me just let me just start from the beginning again, because I don't even remember. I knew who was in it. I just don't remember uh, much of the first episode that I watched. So, I'm like, all right, cool. Let's uh, sit down and watch this. It's only five seasons, and I'm on episode four, I believe, of, of the final season, season five. I think, I don't know if the show's over with, because it says here 2018 to 2023, so maybe there's more, maybe it's over, I don't know, because I don't know how many seasons um, Sons of Anarchy went, 2008 to 2014, so that was seven seasons. Um, this show isn't as good as Sons of Anarchy because I was so into all those characters 
uh spoiler of you if you haven't seen that show but cried my eyes out when one character died um but this one it's kind of what sons was doing they're running guns they're running drugs they're dealing with other other uh mcs fighting amongst each other in the club and it's it's just this one's just like depressing. I mean, they just can't all get on the same page. They're all just fighting and killing each other, all within the the Mayans MC. Not just this chapter. There's chapters all over um the place. So I was like, come on. I don't know if this is just in California or if it's elsewhere because Sons of Anarchy was like worldwide. They were over in like Scotland and Ireland and all that. So I don't know. <clears throat> We've had some of the uh, of the cast from Sons of Anarchy come on, and I was so, I was hyped every time they would show one. Um, the three that they showed, they showed Happy, which he was badass. If you guys remember him, uh, Tiggs and Chibs, they showed them. I think another one's coming in. I'm not I'm not really sure. So, but when they pop up in, into it, I was like, oh, cool, because a lot of the guys from Sons. Uh, were my favorite characters. A lot of them died. So I was like, oh, man. But this one, I'm going to finish the series. And if and if it continues, I'll continue to watch it. But this one's just like, man, why can't these guys just all get on the same page and, and fight for what they're trying to do? It's kind of funny because the main dude, um, and they call him Easy. His name is Ezekiel Reyes. He plays by J.D. Pardo. I think that's his name. He was just a prospect in the beginning in the first season. And then five years later, I don't know if they're going year by year. I don't know what the year span on the show is. But now he's the president. And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm just riding along. The only character that I really care about in this show is uh, Edward James Olmos. He's uh, Felipe Reyes. He's uh, Easy and Angel's uh, dad. Angel and Easy are brothers. And then there's... Um, one of my friends was like, she she was watching this show. She she's Mexican and she goes, Why do I always gotta throw this white girl in the mix to ruin it? <laughs> so I, I don't know. I didn't write this I didn't write this show. But there's one girl in it. Her name is Sarah Bolger. Her name is Emily Thomas. She gets on my nerves. I just want them to kill her. But I, I don't know where that's going. But there's a, a lot of cool a lot of cool characters in it. Uh Michael Erby, he plays Bishop. A Carla Borada. I'm gonna I'm butcher everyone's last names. Uh, she plays Adelita. I love her. She's awesome. Uh, Emilio Rivera as Marcus Alvarez. He was badass because he was in Sons of Anarchy. Um, so I was happy that he's in this. Uh, Frankie Loyal as Hank. Uh, I think he plays Tank. The Trank. I can't remember how to say his name. He's badass. Uh, Danny Pino, he plays Miguel Gallardo, Galindo. He's a, he's, he's like a cartel foot soldier. I, I would say he's not, he's trying to be big time, but he's not big time. Cause he, he has to deal with all these other people that are in there. Uh, there's another guy named Creeper is Joseph, J- Joseph Raymond Lucero. A uh, Raul Max Trujillo, he plays uh, Tarza. He was badass, man. I liked him. He was uh, half native and uh, half Mexican. I liked his, his character, but he kind of took off for a while. 
Uh, he went nomad for those of you that watch this show or uh, don't haven't watched the show, but you know what nomad is from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Uh, there was another guy that I liked. He was awesome, but he got killed. Um, Antonio Caramillo. He played Riz. He was badass, but they killed him off. Uh, there's one little chick in this. Um, she gets she's getting on my nerves. Her name is El- El- Emily Tosta. She plays uh, Leticia Cruz. She's cute and everything, but she's getting on my nerves. They need to kill her too. But the character that I love the most, I was so bummed that, that he got killed. Uh, Richard Cabral. He is he played Coco. He was hella cool, man. I liked his character. He was uh, ex. There's a few of these guys that are ex-military. Um, and he was badass and he, he kind of fell into some, uh, trouble. He got hurt and then he got hooked on heroin and then, uh, he ended up getting killed. Spoiler alert. But there's a bunch of other guys in this, um, that, that are popping in from, uh, other, uh, Mayans chapters as well as some other, uh, MCs, a lot of guys from sons, but these, this, these chapters of sons. I don't know any of them because they they popped in on the regular Sons of Anarchy show, but they were they weren't all from Charming. They were from different chapters. So, but the show I'm gonna finish it. Um, I'm almost I guess I'm almost done with the fifth season. I don't know if this show is still gonna continue, but if it does, like I said, I'll continue to watch it. But uh, let me give you a quick synopsis. It's crime drama thriller. Yeah, okay. Set in post-Jack's Teller world, Mayans MC sees Easy Rays, a former golden boy now fresh out of prison as a prospect in the Mayan MC cha- charter on the Californian-Mexico border who must crave carve out his new outlaw identity. All right. Uh, Easy, his character, yeah, he came out of prison, but he had strung up a deal with, um, I don't know if it was uh, drug drug enforcement or task force. One of those, one of those government people, FBI, CIA. One of them. He kind of had a deal with them, and then he went in. I guess he was supposed to go into the Mayans and try to uh, bring something down, but he's got into it. He's into it too far now. He's the president, and he's running things. So I don't know. There's kind of hinting around that someone's gonna out him because they said uh somebody that was in prison this last uh one of the members of the mayans gang told him look hey man there's a there's a um there's somebody there's a a mole in the in the mc and they're working with the feds is what they said so easy knows and he's like kind of like oh well did they say who it was and they said nah so we need to watch out but easy's thinking they're not talking about him. Well, if you're watching the show, you know they're not talking about him because there's some other things going on in the show. <clears throat> but like I said, I'm too far in. I got I got to finish it because um, I just I go from episode to episode, but it's just the everything that's going on in the show. It's it's just not. I wasn't expecting Sons of Anarchy. I was expecting that good story writing. This was written. Um, uh, the creator, Kurt Sutter, he does have something to do with uh, Is he writing each episode? I'm not really sure. But I'm, I'm digging it, but it's just so much happening in this, and it's just making me mad because I'm like, come on. I mean, you got get it all together. They all keep calling each other brother. What one guy said, he goes, look, man, we're, we're all in this, in this chapter together, and we're all supposed to be brothers, but it doesn't feel like it because everybody's at each other's throats at, during this whole series. So... 
but um i'm gonna finish it um i don't even know if it's over with um uh is there a season six coming let me see oh there's something that says why why they are won't be a mine season six so i don't know i don't know if the show is canceled or or what but we shall see let me see um i remember hearing about it in season one honestly i i didn't even knew it went that far i thought it only went like maybe a season or two so i I, it's news to me that it even went five (laughs) yeah i didn't know how many seasons it went because i just didn't i didn't care after that and i didn't realize it was 2018 uh is when it started so um I was surprised you didn't get on board right away because of how much you loved Sons. I did. I start when it first came out. I started watching it, but I just wasn't interested in the first episode and the the characters in it. It didn't it didn't grab me. I mean, because Sons, Jax, and uh, Hellboy, and um, Opie, I, I knew who they were. So I was I was all in on that show. And then as the show as the series went on, it was just amazing. Each episode. This one, I'm kind of like, ugh. It's just getting on my nerves. I think it's just the main thing is just that they, they, other than they're killing each other within the MC and in the Mayans. I mean, I'm like, come on, what you guys are all supposed to be, if not like tight, at least be you're all in the same club. Let's at least be cordial with one another. But then they're killing each other off and. Uh, I don't know. I'm just like, come on, this this MC is like falling apart. <laughs> so, and they're letting all these other uh, MCs, uh, other than the Sons, and I can't remember the name of the other ones that that are coming in and dealing with them. I'm just like, come on, you guys are just letting these guys tear you apart. And then when the females get involved, and then they they, they get into the guys' heads and. I'm like, oh my god, come on, man! I mean, you just met this girl, and you and you've been in this MC for how many years, and you're gonna let her ruin ruin it for you? I'm like, uh, so I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's they're getting on my nerves. But if this is the final season, then I'm gonna say, okay, I, I watched the whole thing. Will I watch it again? I don't know, maybe. I mean, so when Sons of Anarchy was over, I was like, oh my god. And once they all the seasons were on Netflix, I started over and went through that whole thing, the whole series, like a few times. It, it was it was one of those shows um, I would listen to at work, and when I was working, I would just I'm feel like I'm gonna watch Sons, or I'm gonna, like I did it with Breaking Bad. I went through that whole series a few times at work. I would just turn it on and listen to it. I knew what was going on on the screen, and I would just listen and pick up bags and continue my work day. This show, I don't think I could do that. Um, I'm, I think this is a one and done for me. So we'll we'll see. Oh man, it said the did that say the final season? Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, um, they usually know and they usually market it that way. So I'm I'm sure when season five was airing, they they marketed it as the final season. I'm watching this trailer right now that's on IMDb, and, and the very last thing I saw it said the final season. So there you go. Yep. Uh, well, if this is it, I assume 
unless this is a trailer for season six. I don't know. But I don't know, everyone. Um, again, it's 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 a good series. I'm not saying it's not. If you if you loved Sons of Anarchy, you probably already watched all this. But since I just had kind of no interest on it, I was like, eh, okay. But then I kept seeing the clips, and I said, you know what? Let me just give this show a watch. So, um, I mean, they killed off a, two of my favorite characters in the show. So I'm kind of that's why I'm kind of like, eh. Uh, the main guy, Easy. He's getting on my nerves. I kind of want them to figure out he's he was working with the feds or or something. Or who knows? Maybe he's gonna like like they like they did in Sons. They were dealing with the feds too, but they ended up killing them all. <laughs> so I, I was cool with that. Um, but there's a uh, a federal agent that was in Sons of Anarchy. Now he's dealing uh, with these guys too. Um, he wants him to do. This and that, like he was doing with the sons, he kind of had something over each of their head. So he has something over Easy's head because he knows he's the one that's working with the feds. So I don't know. Uh, but they, again, the, there is fa- family drama amongst the Reyes boys and their dad, um, Edward James Almost character. He was a, I think he was a cartel soldier or something because he, they do a lot of a little backstory on him. And he kind of, he had to change his name. I can't remember what his, his real name was. But when he came to America, he had to change his names to get away from all of that stuff that he used to do. So it, it's slowly starting to come out now. And uh, they're finding out that they have a, uh, well, the 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 boys, the, the brothers, Easy and Angel, they haven't found out yet. But um, uh, Felipe, Edward James, almost his character told this other dude that, yeah, you're you're my son. So now that guy's like, what? What the hell's happening? And so he knows that Easy and Angel are his brothers, but they they haven't he hasn't said anything yet. So I don't know. They're 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 working. I'm just kind of like, come on, I want them to find out that their brother is this asshole that they've been trying to kill this whole time. So uh, I don't know, everyone. We'll see. But I mean, this shows, I guess. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I guess uh, tw- last year was uh, the final uh, season. So, but and yeah, I'm almost done. A few more episodes. Probably knock some more episodes tonight and tomorrow, and then uh, we'll uh, I'll guys let you guys know what I thought of the whole uh, season or the series finale or whatever. But yeah, uh, my MC it's streaming on Hulu, so check it out if you want. All right, want me to jump in there? Hit it. Uh, I just have one TV show, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the new show on Amazon Prime. Donald Glover, Mr. Smith, John Smith, and Maya Erskine, Jane Smith, uh, described as two strangers land jobs with spy agency that offers them a life of espionage, Wealth and travel, the catch, new identities, and an arranged marriage. So, interestingly, while um, on IMDb it's noted that it is a remake of the Brad and Angelina movie, um, it's different in that, in that, like, 
they already were kind of agents and they ended up like rivals kind of thing here from the the get-go they're kind of like in an arranged marriage from the get-go and i would also say from the get-go this is even though i i guess you could say um the movie did like a good balance of relationship um comedy light you know comedy action comedy kind of thing um it was kind of like a good balance to it i'd say here this series is way more relationshipy than any action in in fact like uh, there's some cool action and there's some cool action scenes but there's also parts where they kind of almost fast forward and you get like just a little bit of the action instead they're like talking more about like their relationship and whatnot and see the thing is like it the way it starts off like they kind of aren't there for it they are just there for the for the mission and whatnot but um you know then can't help but kind of fall for each other kind of thing so obviously i'm a fan of uh everything that uh donald glover does since a huge fan of uh Community, one of my all-time favorite TV shows, and uh, Atlanta, obviously, and the music he does is Childish Gambino. I even saw him in uh, the little room, the little hard rock at uh, San Diego during Comic-Con one year, so I'm a fan of the guy, so uh, that propelled me to get through this. Um, Pretty much binged it across two days, uh, eight episodes. They are around an hour-ish each, so about eight hours. Uh, A bunch of cameos, uh, people, Alexander Skarsgård and uh, what's his name? Stan Tall, bro. Hellboy. Hellboy. Uh, Son of Anarchy himself. Ron Perlman, uh, he guest stars, um, John Turturro, Paul Dano, a uh, few other people I, I'm forgetting right now, but uh, cool guest stars, and it did enough, like, to keep my attention, but like I said, um, for my taste, obviously, I would have preferred a touch more on the action side, like I get like the relationship stuff, but like that really is like the main focus of this show. That really what it is all about. So uh, I'm not surprised to see kind of like a uh, mixed response to it. There's people that uh, really like it for that, but some people that are like, no, like, they want the action. They don't want, you know, relationshipy stuff. And I get that. Like I said, I would prefer the actiony stuff. But uh, the other thing that's cool about it, uh, the whole team that made Atlanta is like working on this. The director, Hiro Murai, Donald Glover's brother, Stephen Glover's like involved in the production. So it actually has like 
a almost a slight feel of Atlanta as far as like the look of it and uh, especially like the score. It's like a really cool uh, score, like a chill hop kind of uh, downbeat to it, which is really cool. So I really liked that. Um, we'll see. Uh, it's interesting to see um, the interviews and even like. This is uh, streaming on Prime, and they have a little uh, behind the scenes, like a little two, three minute thing for each episode. And I didn't watch all of them, but when I finished the eighth episode, I had to go to that to see if there's any clue. Like, is this it? Uh, they plan to do more. And they definitely left it kind of vague. So it was like open, like this could be the end. We could do more. And then I actually read an interview where they said that was the case that if they get, if they get the, if they get extended, they'd love to do more, but if they don't, they filmed the ending that works. And I guess I can respect that. At first I was a little like, Oh, come on, just decide one way or another. But I mean, obviously it's not, it's not fully in their hands either. Like it's Amazon's thing. So. I guess it depends on how many people watch it. And like I said, like, I'm a little iffy to to say if it can get more just because I think if it would have leaned a little bit more into the action, it could have helped it. But uh, like I said, it won't be for everybody since it's so relationshipy, you know. Well, you're not selling it at all. Usually I can hear it in your voice when you're like, oh, yeah, nah, and you're like, oh, I'm like, oh. no, I want to make sure I don't sell a false thing because I did like it, but it's relationshipy. Like, I well, said, to me, like, I mean, you, you're when I mean, between you and I, I'm not, I'm not speaking for everyone else listening, but usually I can hear when there's something that you like, like there was one of the one of those movies, one of those. um Uh. What's the movie when they were heist and everything? It was all ladies. Um, Oceans twenty oh, or whatever. You I were like, to love it. I you were to love you, it. the way you were sounding, oh. talking about that is how you're sounding with this. So I'm like, no, 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 not at all. I just want to make sure, like, the I did the same thing for, uh, like, uh, the last two Wes Anderson movies because <laughs> I know how those can come off to to people both uh, the uh french dispatch especially french dispatch and then uh, asteroid city like i love it but i want to make sure i'm not selling it to everybody because it's definitely not for everybody and that's what i'm saying here like they even make it look like if you watch an ad for this, they make it look like it's an action-y show, and it's not. But um, I think whatever, like uh, Donald Glover and this Maya Erskine, who uh, she was in that show. Did you ever see Pen15 on Hulu? Nope. That was uh, pretty good, pretty funny. Um, it was like she was with her friend and they were like in their twenties, like, but they were like playing like middle schoolers, even though like they were in their twenties. So it was kind of, kind of a little weird, but 
that's what I know her from. So it was interesting to see her in this where it was like she's playing this, uh, you know, tough, uh, cold kind of agent, you know, willing to do whatever for a mission type thing. So there are like like cool parts of like the mission too. Like I, I do like that stuff too. So like I said, I liked a lot about it. I just want to make sure like I'm not, selling people the wrong thing because like i said it's way more relationshipy than anything so i liked it a lot i like i said i if i wouldn't if i wouldn't have watched it like so binged it so fast you know across two days like i i really binged it so if i didn't like it i wouldn't have done that i did really like it but i just want to make people sure people know what they're getting into with it (laughs) did they drop the whole thing at once yeah all at once so well um i'm good um if it's just about relationship i mean don't get me wrong i like relationship movies but yeah i want when i'm i want action i mean because i just watched the movie the other day when i heard about this no nothing like that i threw on the movie after to kind of get like a a remember to get a feel and i was like okay yeah like there's little things like the fact like in this too it's like it's different and it's like it's like a program the mr and mrs smith program so there's like not only them like it's a world of these spies and they're all john smith and jane smith so there's like at one point like they meet like another couple who's been doing it like a lot longer uh parker posey plays one of those uh yeah parker posey and wagner morna play other jane and other john but uh yeah like i said i'd love to see more but definitely won't hold my breath for it though because like i said like i don't know we'll see we'll see uh we'll see how people feel about it so well, I guess I won't rush out to watch it. There's some other things that I'll watch because I wanted to watch it, but then, I mean, the, I watched while you're talking about. It, I was watching the trailer, and it was all action, right? And that's what I'm. That's why I like. I want to make sure people know it's not. Um, and like parts can be like a little slow, but like there's like actually there are like cool parts of action like what you see in the trailer i think the problem is you just watch the trailer you might have seen all like the action scenes like they might have shown all of it so um if you can trust imdb users which you never know if you can uh some of the the things they say here uh starts slow but gets better title has set the wrong expectation not for me intriguing intelligent emotional drama with the slightest sprinkle of action scenes from a marriage fresh and fun such a letdown had high hopes for the series they were crushed glover is poorly cast unwatchable much more realistic than mr and mrs smith this is good more of a romance dark comedy with action as usual the great unwashed are clueless not boring, but something is off. Fun watch. 
overstays it welcome. Love this. <laughs> so it's like you can see it's like all uh, over the place. You either love it or you hate it. And I get why. <laughs> don't title it something good and it suck. So I'm good. Because uh, the movie, the movie's goofy. I mean, it wasn't the greatest of Brad Pitt or Angelina, but what you got with them was an action movie. And then, of course, right. the, the yeah. little love uh, story that they had amongst them. But, and it was the off the wall action. I mean, uh, right. swinging from buildings and that awesome uh, freeway chase when they were gunning down, or the fight that they had amongst one another when they well, were in the me- house. Let me give you a little spoiler alert. They do a homage to that. They do uh, the spy versus spy, and it's pretty cool. So it's like a good, it's a cool like. Well, do they do they find out that it? they're they're both spies like immediately? No, 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 no. They know that from the beginning. It's oh, see? different. Oh, dumb. They're put together. Like I said, it's an arrangement. They're uh, they're meant uh, to work together. And like I said, there's other John and Janes in the world, like other spies. Uh, so I like, I and like it's the kind of version. like it's kind of oh also like this is an interesting touch to it um they work like their person they talk to they only talk to the person that gives their mission like on text like either texting on their phone or on the computer so they never talk to anybody and it's they basically have a three strikes and you're out thing. So they can only fail three missions. That's like kind of the whole thing. There's no Vince Vaughn character. There isn't. Uh ah. not even like a yeah, like a different type. Like no, there's not. Um and like I said, at its core, um it's definitely meant to be a uh relationship show so don't expect the movie right um which <laughs> you don't know party down right what's that tv show party oh. down um there was an old episode of party down another show i really love where um this one guy gets out of jail they're having a party since one of the episodes party down <laughs> and uh they're excited like this idea because like all these caterers they work for party down that's what the show's about and um these guys just he got out of jail he's having a party and they're all like obsessed with like hollywood stuff they know everything like entertainment (laughs) and um these two caterers one was like in a commercial one like has done stand-up comedy (laughs) and he's like Oh my God, this is like the movies. He's like, you have Brad, you have Angelina. It's perfect. So I, I, I can't help but think of that. Obviously, Mr. and Mrs. Smith is like the big movie that they did together. I don't know if they ever did anything else together, but it's like what got them together. Like they got together on that and then it was like a whole thing. So can't help but think of that. But <laughs> I, I don't know the relationship. I was always hoping for a second one, but mm, no, I mean, they're long done. So, <laughs> I mean, they still have to be cordial with one another. They have kids together. So, yeah, come on, work that out. You get that big paycheck where Angelina hasn't been in anything too big lately. Whether that what was that one about the fire. Um, oh, that was good. Eh, it was all right. Those that wish me dead. 
Yeah, it was okay. That was good. Uh, I wanted more. Give me more of her action films. Give me another Wanted. Give me another um, Salt. Uh, yeah, I'll take another Tomb Raider. <laughs> but, right. Uh-huh. They're doing a TV show now, I think, Tomb Raider. So hopefully Is it that's the girl cool. from that last movie? No, I think it's going to be yet another new one. Uh, forget it. Now it, it, third. It's over with. Forget third it. Version. Are they so. still making those games? Uh, they were. Uh, they haven't made one in a while, but uh, they're they dead, were. man. Just leave it alone. Because that last movie was good. I liked it. Yeah, but yeah, just was. to hammer home the whole relationshipality of the show, let me just give you the the episode names. You can you can tell from there. Uh, first date, second date, first vacation, double date. Do you want kids? Couples therapy, infidelity, a breakup. <laughs> uh, no, I'm all right. <laughs> so I get yeah, to it when I get so to it. Yeah, just so you know what you're getting to, which is interesting too, because also on IMDb, it's not even listed in their little categories. The categories say spy, action, comedy, crime, thriller, and I would put romance, relationship ahead of all of that. <laughs> uh, oh. So yeah. Yeah, boys and girls, I don't know. I might have to pass. Or if I'll get to it, if something... I don't know. I'm not going to rush out and watch it. But. I liked it, but yeah, I didn't want to missell it to you. So, just know what you're getting into. Well, it's hashtag it. not my Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Because <laughs> that movie was awesome, man. I saw it twice in the theater. I bought it once it came out on DVD and Blu-ray. You have ah. Brad, you have Angelina. It's perfect. Exactly. And now we got Donald <laughs> Glover and whoever this chick is. Nah, I'm good. Um, but oh everybody. Um we need we need to take a uh, pause for the cause. I am on school pickup duty, so <laughs> we'll be back in a second. Uh, I just got a, a message and I went, damn it, I forgot. Oops. So but we'll be back in a few seconds. We'll return after these messages. And we're back, everybody. Decided to make a quick run to the school. Pick up my grandson. So hopefully we'll be done before I got to go get the other one. I'm on yep. uh, pick up, pick up patrol today. And man, people cannot drive when it rains or snows because... <laughs> Oh man. Um Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of grandpa grandma and grandmas picking up the kids, which is cool. Um But man, come on. <laughs> right. been probably, been, probably been driving longer than I've been alive and come on. <laughs> That's weird though, when I see other grandparents there. When I picture grandparents, I picture my my grandparents and they they were much older and I don't feel well in the morning I feel old when I get up but I look at them and I mean I got gray hair and everything but I don't I don't I don't, I don't know how old I, my grandpa was when I first started going to his house for the summers um but I I don't know I just I see the people that look older than me and these little kids, grandma, grandpa, or nana, or papa, whatever they call them, 
and I'm like, I look in the mirror and I'm like, damn, I mean, I'm old, but I'm not like, I don't look that old. So, but anyway, I don't know where I was going with that, but anyway, learn how to drive. <laughs> That's all. That's the bottom line. Cause, oh man, um, not, not just the older people, just people in general. I mean, especially up here in in the Reno Sparks area, when it rains, people forget how to drive. When it snows, they really forget how to drive. And that's how it is here. I don't know how it is in everyone else's part of the country or the world. But, man, I mean, just drive slower. There's no need to be flying down the, oh, man, I went to go pick up Eric last night at the airport. And we just had a huge uh, snowstorm, probably the biggest snowstorm we've had uh, this winter so far. Winter's not over yet. But, man, that was just like, just because I've said this before, just because you have four-wheel drive doesn't mean you can haul ass. And all these fools in these big-ass trucks just floating by hella fast. And some were even pulling trailers. And I'm like, luckily no one crashed. I've seen some trucks flip. Uh, Not, like, in front of me, but I've seen them pass me. Then a few miles down the road, they're off on the side of the road, flipped over. Obviously, going too fast when they shouldn't. I mean, just take your time, everyone. Because I do. I, I have to leave an, uh, maybe an hour earlier, depending on how hard it's snowing. Because I always text over or call someone, how's it over there? And if they say it's bad, then I'll sometimes I'll leave two hours early. Earlier than my regular hour and a half drive. So it's like a three and a half hour drive. The longest it ever took me to get home from work was four hours. Because it was snowing so hard. But... Anyway, um, we're still on TV. Was that the only thing you had, Mr. and Mrs. Smith? It is. Um, just been keeping up with Traders, loving that. Uh, rewatching Old Challenge, you know. <laughs> the regular stuff. Yep. Well, you were sending me all kind of texts about uh, Traders. I don't know if you were oh, upset yeah. or. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been hella good. <laughs> It's been crazy good. Like, yeah. highly recommended. What about that other show that you weren't too keen on? Oh, The Trust? Yeah. Yeah, I think they put up new episodes, so I just got to fast-forward through them to see who's <laughs> eliminated and whatnot. Not even going to watch them? You know, it's funny, too. Uh, I had mentioned that, and then... Uh, you know, uh, that Rob has a podcast. They do all the reality TV coverage. Well, reality competition, the stuff I like. And uh, obviously mainly Big Big Brother and Survivor and whatnot. But uh, they do, they, they cover it all. Uh, I just happened to stumble upon their coverage of the trust. And it was funny, the main guy, Rob, he seemed to have the same problem with it that I did. Like, these people are just like, no fun to watch like there's no enjoyment to watching these people like it's just almost mean-spirited for the point of being mean-spirited like there's no like element of gameplay that like causes it you know or like makes it so like it's it's yeah so not good (laughs) (laughs) oh man Damn, Tommy's 
texting me all kinds of crazy stuff. Ah, Tommy boy. I'm going down to Texas soon. Uh, there's a con going on down there. It is the All Con? Is that what it is? I think so. All Con. Celebrating 20 years, 2005 to 2024. It is 5410 Linden B. Johnson Freeway. Freeway? I assume that's the street it's on. Dallas, Texas. Jeez, it's four days? Five days. Well, a preview night, I assume. Wednesday to Sunday. And that is March 14th to the 17th. Uh, a little buddy of mine down there. He's He's been going to me the last couple of years. He's been going to um, Texas Frightmare with me. And he just buys up all kinds of stuff. He's not really familiar with uh, a lot of the horror stuff. I mean, he knows who the Jasons and the Michaels and Freddie and all them are. But some of the other things he's not too keen on. But he likes to go because he likes seeing the cosplay and, and everything. So uh, we're talking i said we should go to another con with more stuff that he he likes he's really into anime um he's an amazing artist i mean he's 16 now i think um 15 or 16 i can't remember i, I just remember him when he was a baby but he's kind of latched on to me which is cool man I, I love him to death and i'll do anything for him uh because every every time I go down there, we 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 bond over video games or uh, anime stuff. He likes all this new anime things, which I have no idea who they are. Uh, I sh- I show him all the old stuff that I like, and uh, he's much older now, so I can show him like the the Ninja Scrolls and, and the Akira and stuff like that with all the the, the violence. Trigon. Yeah, I can show him all that, and um. Because when I was telling him about the stuff that I was watching growing up, he'd never heard of any of it. Akira. So, so we were talking about what got him talking to me was he was playing Mario, like one of the Mario games on his Game Boy or whatever it was. And I had asked him, I said, do you like Mario? And he's like, yeah. And I said, do you know what the first Mario game was? And he said, whatever. Super Mario, whatever, for Nintendo. I said, that's not the first Mario game. And he was like, what? And I pulled up uh, Donkey Kong. I said, this is the first Mario game. He's like, what's this? I said, it was called Donkey Kong. I said, that's when the world was introduced to to Mario. From what I remember. I'm not sure if there was anything before that. but And he was like, what is this? So I remember we found, uh, I just kind of found a video for him to watch. And he goes, that's all it is, is. Him jumping over the barrels and getting away from fire and trying to... I said, yeah, he's trying to save Princess P or whatever her name is. Anyway, that's all? I said, that. I said, well, when I was a kid, that's, I still love that game today. I'll sit there and play for hours. I said, that was it. I said, and then we got this. Then we got Super Mario Brothers. Oh, no, I think, I think, I don't know, I think it was just Mario Brothers. Yeah, Mario they're, Brothers. When yes. they're running back and forth in the sewers and wherever yep. else. One screen. Uh, the turtles and the screen and the and the crabs and everything. I mean, the screen changed, but it it wasn't no 3D thing. So, and then we got Donkey Kong Jr. and then then Nintendo came out. 
And he was like, whoa, okay. And I said, yeah. So that he was like, whoa, you really like, he just thought I was friends with his mom or his grandma. And then we kind of started, and then I said, well, what else do you like? And then he started telling me about his anime things. And he was always drawing stuff. And from what I remember, I have some old drawings of his on my phone or on my computer, my old computer. His drawings of him just always really loving color, just drawing crazy things. But now that he's much older, he had sent me a picture. I was like, damn. I said, this is, I mean, I don't know what he takes from when I tell him, like, man, this is awesome. He, he's just like, yeah, yeah. I'm, but he's like an artist. He's like me. When somebody tells me, oh, that's really good. Inside my mind, I'm like, eh, it's, it's okay. Um, but I don't see it like how other people see it. But when I see his art, since I've been um, talking to this for the, to this little guy, I show him. I tell him, I said, man, this is amazing. The last time I was down there, he was showing me all his artwork, all this anime stuff he was drawing. And I was like, whoa, whoa. He's got like just books and books of art that he was drawing. And his grandma kept a lot of his old stuff. Uh, I'm going to send you two pictures of, well, it's, a, it's one, it's black and white. And then the other one, it's with color. But this is the latest thing he showed me. The, the other, he had texted me this. He'd sent me uh, his drawing. And I'm like, dang, man, this kid is just getting better and better each drawing that I see. Right. And I was like, whoa, this is this is crazy. Um, but he's like, he's he again, he's an artist. He's like, yeah, all right, thanks. And uh, I was like, whoa. Usually he just sends me pictures of um, anime stuff, but he had sent me um, Jack O' Lantern from uh, Spider Man. I was like, whoa, that's awesome. So, uh, that's why I decided. You know, what? I found that there was a con coming up that I think he would love. So I told him, I said, you and your buddy should go. So he was like, yeah, I told him this con is coming and he's all excited now. So I guess I'll go down to Texas and uh, check it out and see what it is. There'll probably be more stuff for him to like. I'm sure I'll find some things that, that I like in there. But um, yeah, I'll probably go see Tommy Boy too while I'm down there. But anyway, if you guys are in the Dallas area, uh, March 14th and through the 17th is the all con. So I don't know what the all con means, but... As far as the guests, a lot of artists. Um, the dad from uh, Teen Wolf, uh, James Hampton. <laughs> oh, it's a remembrance of James Hampton. I didn't know he passed away. Um, but uh, I guess there's a little young woman, Christine Galley. She was uh, she was in The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett. I guess she was uh, the one inside R2 and uh, R5-D4. And the little kid that uh, probably tasted uh, Anakin's or Darth Vader's blade in Revenge of the Sith, Ross Speedman. He's the one, the little kid that came up to Anakin and said, Master Skywalker, there's too many of them. What are we going to do? And then, <laughs> I know they wouldn't show it, but I kind of wanted to see, it, see him run through that room and kill all those little kids. But he's going to be there. I'll, if I can get up to that kid and ask him, I'm going to say, what, when you seen the final, uh, film, what did you think? Or did they film anything else other than him standing in front of you? So we'll see, but all right, everyone back to TV.
Uh, I only watched other than the mines. This was the only new thing that I watched. I was kind of, oh, I got an email from Peacock. And they said, you may like this. And most definitely. This is a Peacock original. It is a, it says full season now streaming. It was only three episodes. And the episodes were a little under an hour each. And this is Kings from Queens, the Run DMC story. The never been told story of Run DMC, a group that met met on the streets of Queens and went to went on to legitimize a criticized genre of music, hip hop. The uh, first episode, it's like that. The second, it's uh, it's tricky, and then down with the king. They run through their music history. They don't talk about the movies they did. They don't talk about Crush Groove, and they don't talk about Tougher Than Leather. They kind of just talk about their first album and then the their biggest album, Raising Hell, is what kind of really shot them uh, to really real stardom. I mean, they did albums. They did a few out. They did two albums before Raising Hell, uh, just their their original Run DMC. Then they did um, King of Rock. Then Raising Hell came out and it just blew everything away because of the the crossover hit that they had walked this way with Aerosmith. Um, that just took them everywhere. Uh, they talk about how they met and how how Run and and D met and when they met Jam Master J. Uh, they they even cover that the death of Jam Master J, which is sad. If you guys haven't seen that one documentary, Who Killed Jam Master J? Check that out. It's really sad though. Um, and then they just their uh, Rev Run's brother uh, Russell Simmons, of course, dealing with Def Jam and introdu- introduction to. Um, Rick Rubin, of course. There's uh, interviews from like Beasties, Dougie Fresh, uh, Big Daddy Kane, uh, MC Light, um, a few of their kids, um, and other producers that they dealt with, and uh, some other groups, Onyx, and uh, Questlove, of course, from um, The Roots, um, and then some other people I can't remember. But it was a cool documentary. I wish it was longer because that there is more to their story, but they only just broke it down into the three episodes. And if you are a fan of Run DMC and you didn't know this this little doc three episode documentary existed, uh, definitely check it out because it's awesome. Uh, Rev had a uh, I think it was called Run's House. He had a little reality show. And it was okay. Um, there was some stuff that I already knew because there was been plenty of documentaries about Run DMC. But there was something that they never really covered dealing with uh, DMC. Um, they do go into a little bit of of his uh, comics. If you guys, uh, uh, for you comic book readers, uh, DMC Daryl makes comics um, with his um, his mental state of mind. Like he contemplated killing himself. I mean, he was standing. On top of a building, on the edge, looking down, getting ready to end it all. But a, a voice popped up in his head, said, "What are you doing, man? Don't, don't do this." And it kind of just that was, what changed his mind of not killing himself, and then he turned his life around. Uh, I met DMC once at uh, New York Comic Con, and uh, I bought one of his books. Um, I think he has a few books out, but I just bought the one. But he was really cool. He was just sitting there. He was in Artist Alley, and I was sitting there talking to him. Uh, Renee and Marky were with me, but Marky was running around by himself doing his own thing. But Renee and I, 
I was telling her, I said, DMC's here. I want to go meet him. So we kind of made it over to his table. And this almost put tears in my eyes. When I got there, Marky was already standing there with him talking. And I didn't let Marky know that that we were there because he was he was just t- talking to him. And, and, and I kind of got a little close to to hear what Marky was saying. And he was basically saying that because of my dad, I know who you guys are. I know the music of of run dmc and i was like oh that like just touched my heart uh i mean a lot of my music taste my kids all kind of went to i mean tiga liked some of it and then she went off into her, her other type of musical things uh marky was all about the thrash stuff he was listening to it, and he, he still listens to it eric is deep into all the bay area thrash that's going on the old stuff that i grew up and the new stuff that's out there now uh, but, um, the music of run DMC always spoke to me as a kid. I remember hearing that it was just a single, um, sucker MCs and, um, what was the other one? Uh, it's like that. I remember hearing those before the actual album came out because, uh, there was some college radio stations, uh, that played them because back in those days, everyone, I mean, you right now you turn the dial, you hear hip hop songs on all kinds of different stations back then. In the beginning stages of hip-hop, none of it was on the radio, ever, unless it was late at night on a college station. And, uh, and it's weird to think that now because it's it's everywhere. Um, but I mean, I've said this before. I mean, being there in the beginning stages of, of hip-hop and everything is, is something that, that I always loved. But to hear Marky tell him, like, yeah, because of my dad, I, I know who you are and and everything so i was kind of like just i was blown away man i mean just like that touched me enough to where i was able to share that magic uh with my son and i sent you a picture um this is when marky didn't even know we were standing there and listening to him talk to him and daryl dmc just sitting there looking at him like right on man your dad's awesome and then i come walking up and he's like oh this is my dad and he was like, oh, man, right on, man. Your son was just telling me. And see, I mean, that's the type of stuff that I love. I was able to get my a, a new listener to their music. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, DMC, Run DMC are still out there. I don't think they perform as much as, as they did because after the passing of Jay, um, Jam Master Jay, they kind of retired. But they, every now and then they come out. Um, I've seen some videos of DMC because he's at all the cons. I'm hoping that he's at uh, San Diego Comic-Con this year. Um, and I see him rapping. Someone had a a radio and they were playing um, My Adidas. And he was up there rapping to it. And I was like, oh, man, that would be so awesome. I mean, I know those old songs enough. Like, you might let's get up there and do this. I can do all Run's part and you can do your parts. Or if you want to do. I was more of a DMC guy because I really loved uh his voice um he went through some voice issues as well um because his voice is kind of uh it's not as loud as it was before maybe they have to turn up his mic a little bit more but he he still get he still gets out there and performs because talking to him you can see that it sounds like he had something wrong with his throat but for after this documentary he was saying all these doctors did all kinds of stuff and we can't find anything wrong with your voice. 
But then he went to some other, went to some therapy sessions and all that. And he was saying that it was something mentally that his body's going through this and that, and, and it's affecting his throat. But I don't know if he can get over it and be as loud as he was. I don't know, but he's still kind of soft-spoken. But but Run DMC, this documentary was awesome. Uh, I really loved everything. I, mean, I was just sitting there just bopping my head and rapping along to uh to the music to the to the songs i was i'm more i'm more a fan of the older songs i mean i did like uh the newer stuff i was the back from hell and tougher than leather and uh crown royal and and the other albums that they came out with they even did some new jack swing stuff i didn't really think about it if you guys have listened to our um the zisu's new jack swing society or whatever i called it uh go over to spotify (laughs) and listen to that episode two and a half hours of uh, the Zisu's um, top 20 uh, New Jack Swing uh, songs. I was listening back to it yesterday because it took me forever to go back and forth to go get Marky yesterday. So I listened to the whole episode. And I was stopping and listening to each song. Except for the SWV song. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so they were like, yeah, because they were talking about music was changing in the 90s. And when they did their Back From Hell album... Uh, I can't remember the producer they hooked up with, but they they kind of go, yeah, we kind of did a couple little new Jack Swing uh, songs. And I was like, really? They did? So I had to go back and listen to those. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can hear it now. But uh, the song, the album that I thought was just hard after all the other stuff that they did, um, when they, uh, it was right when uh, Onyx, was coming out um it, it came out in 1993 and i believe uh the producer for that is the one that was like yeah i like your old stuff and and, and i did like the other thing he goes but i wanted it to uh sound harder i think it was um jermaine dupree he did uh, down with the king he goes, I want that hard-ass Run DMC that I grew up with. So he did that. I think he produced that song with him. Because I'm looking at this. Uh, the producers were Pete Rock, Q-Tip, EPMD, KG, Jam Master J, of course, The Bomb Squad, Daniel Shulman. Uh, is it? I can't pronounce that name. Something skills. And then Jermaine Dupree. And, I mean, he was like, I wanted to do Down With The King. And he goes, I wanted that. I wanted that hard hit and just, yeah, get get up and just boom. Because their look changed. They kind of reminded me of Onyx because they were all in the black and they had the bald heads like Onyx was. They were even in Onyx video slam, if you guys remember that that um, that video. He goes, I wanted it to be hard. And I remember when that album came out and I first heard Down With The King, the first uh, single off that album. And I was like, man, this is, DMC is back. I mean, they've always been. Uh, back for me i mean i have all the albums so but i was just like wow man i mean if you listen to back from hell that came out in 90 and then listen to crown royal that was um uh later after uh down with the king because it was crown it was back from hell then down with the king um then when they got hard and then when they did crown royal it's a good album but it was one of those albums that had uh a bunch of um guests on it i think kid rock and some other fools were on it 
Um, it's a good album, but it's not one of those ones that I would throw in uh, all the time. Um, but uh, it's a huge history lesson on Run DMC. Again, they don't talk about the movies they did. Uh, Tougher than leather, leather. The out al- the album was good, but the movie was a little goofy. Were they actors? No, they weren't. <laughs> but I thought I thought they would do a good job because um, in Crush Groove, um, it w- it was a, a movie. It wasn't about them. It was it was about other uh, people that were uh, other actors that were in it. Um, but uh, Run, he kind of had a big part in the film. And I thought his acting was was decent, but I didn't think they could carry a whole uh, other movie. Because I remember when Crush Groove came out, that came back out in uh, 85. Um, Other than Run DMC was in it, we had the Fat Boys. They were in it as well. And uh, Sheila E., which I love. To me, she's my all-time favorite uh, female percussionist. She's amazing. I love her to death. Um, Straight out the, uh, the bay. Uh, then we had Curtis. Curtis Blow was in it. Uh, Blair Underwood. He was kind of the main guy. Sheila E. was kind of the main female uh, star of the film. Uh, Beasties popped up in it at one point, as well as uh, LL Cool J. He was in it, and they were playing themselves. Even even the Fat Boys. I think this was the first movie that they acted in. Um, they're not the greatest actors, but with that movie Disorderlies, they did. I, it's a stupid movie, but I love it. It's hilarious. If you guys haven't seen that, check it out. Uh, Russell Simmons, of course, he he had to pop in there. I think he was one of the producers. But yeah, but when seeing uh, Joseph Simmons uh, run, Rev run, seeing him act, I was thinking like, oh man, this, he, he he's actually pretty good in this. Um, Jam uh, Jam Master J and DMC are in it, but they didn't have that m- many speaking parts, th- from what I remember. So, and uh, and then I was like, all right, cool. And then a few years later, when did uh, Tougher than leather come out. Um, cannot remember. It was sometime in the nineties. Uh, Dang, he's acted thirty-eight times. I don't remember any of that, but all right. But it's not coming up. Tougher than than, than leather. 1988 i thought it was 90s okay but yeah that movie hey <laughs> they were it was big at this time i mean i think uh raising hell was 80 shit, i can't even remember when that album came out um 86 so but yeah okay they had the the album tougher than leather that was out and they were promoting the movie the movie did you ever see that movie, Tougher Than Leather? I don't think so. Uh, it, it it was the album was good, but it just wasn't that good of a movie. Uh, it was directed by Rick Rubin. Um, I don't see it streaming anywhere, but I'm sure you could find it somewhere. But this is a legendary hip hop group Run DMC stars in the cross between a black exploitation film and a spaghetti western. They must find and punish the evil drug lord record company executive who murdered their friend. Along the way, they encounter racist bikers, blonde bimbos, and the Beastie Boys. Sounds okay. good. 
See, I mean, that's how goofy it was. Was it meant to be that goofy? I, I, I haven't seen it in a long time, everyone. Uh, but I just remember going, I remember seeing it in the, you know, I started the driving. And I remember going, this is okay. I mean, you go see it because it's run DMC. But it, I just remember it not being that good. If I find it, we, we might have to rewind this movie. Uh, the poster, Run DMC, Tougher Than Lever. This time, they've been pushed too far. Now someone is going to dance to the music. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, if you guys have seen the, any of you old schoolers that have seen the film, and you can remember it. But, uh, of course, Run DMC is in it. Uh, Richard Edson, if you guys know him, he's been in a ton of things. Of course, Russell Simmons, The Beasties. Uh, Rick Rubin, he also plays someone in it. I didn't realize he directed it. Okay. And a bunch of other people in this film. But, yeah, see, they didn't cover Crush Groove or Tougher Than Leather. They were just talking about their music career uh, and everything they've done. But it is an awesome documentary series. Uh, if if you just don't know the story of Run DMC, I think it, it's a really good one. Because, of course, they've done VH1 uh, behind the music, there's some other other documentaries on them, but this one I thought it was it was really good. I, I enjoyed it. Like like I said, I didn't know this was out there uh, until I opened up that email from Peacock, and I went, "Whoa, what's this?" So I, I clicked on it, and then I immediately started watching it. So I really love it. I'll probably watch it again because I loved everything about this thing. But King from Queens, from Queens Come Kings. We're raising hell like a class when the lunch bell rings. I mean, that album, Raising Hell, was was awesome. I mean, even even the first album they did was awesome. And just everything that they've they've done. Uh, it was really cool. They were talking about when they uh when they were doing the their tour, uh, the Fresh Festival. I remember seeing that in Oakland. Uh, Houdini, Run DMC, uh, LL, Young LL. I can't remember who else was. Oh, the Fat Boys. They were they were on that tour, and uh, it was awesome. I remember when the Beasties and Run DMC, and I think it was just LL. I think it was LL. Just the three of them. They came back. It was when uh, Beasties' License to Ill was out, so they were riding high on that album. And uh, I think it was during the Raising Hell era when, when they did that tour. Um, and it, it was just awesome to to see them perform and, and the power that they had to just control the crowd uh, and everything. And it, and it was cool. And that, that crossover album or the crossover song, uh, Walk This Way, um, they do they go into that whole history on how they how they got that, uh, how the producers they came with, meeting Rick Rubin, which basically did uh, him and um, Russell Simmons did Raise in Hell, and uh, I don't want to. Uh, I love the first album. I love King of Rock. I have Raise in Hell on vinyl uh, in in my uh, collection of uh, vinyl records, and I have everything else like on tape or CD. I think I have the first um, Red DMC album vinyl. I know I have the Fat Boys one somewhere in there as well but raising hell it's an amazing album i have uh that whole album on my on my phone and then some other random run dmc tracks uh, from other albums and everything but yeah i mean if you guys get get a chance 
check out Kings from Queens, the Run DMC story, and that's streaming on Peacock. And I can go on and on uh, about more stuff dealing with Run DMC, but it's it's a really good story. And this, the part when they're talking about uh, the death of Jam Master J, uh, I believe they did catch, or they have some people, some suspects. But they were like saying that they were not guilty. They they didn't do it. So I don't know. It, it was it is a fishy situation. Um, check out uh, the documentary "Who Killed Jam Master J." I can't remember where that was streaming. And um, you you be the judge. I don't know. They made it seem like Jay was into all kinds of stuff, and maybe this was some retaliation for something. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know the man, but. They didn't go into any of that uh, in this. So check out that other documentary. Let me see um, where that is at. Um, was it on Netflix? I think it's on Netflix. Let me see. Yeah, it's a, a Netflix show. Who killed? Jam Master J. Um, check that one out as well. That one's uh, was it one episode? I think so. I, I want to say it was like maybe an hour, a little over an hour. But that one was um, it was a part of uh, a series. Um, I think it's called Remastered. It was a part of that because there's some other things. Um, who shot the sheriff? That was dealing with um, uh, Bob Marley. And uh, some other things. Tricky Dick and the Man in Black. Something to do with Johnny Cash. I didn't watch all of them. I just watched the one who killed Jam Master J. So Netflix, definitely check that one out. But I highly, highly recommend Kings from Queens. The Run DMC story. Streaming on Peacock. Check that one out. But uh, yeah, as far as TV, that is all I have. Unless you have anything else. No, good to go. All right, movies. What do you got? Uh, I've been to the movie theaters twice. I saw Beekeeper and finally got to see Aquaman after all this time. Uh, Not surprisingly, uh, here at the end of its run, like uh, over a month later, uh, it was in the teeny tiny small theater, but uh, still a decent little crowd considering. Dang, even at the end, there's still people in there? Yeah, I'd say... There was like uh, two other groups, so six people total watching. <laughs> What'd you think of it? I thought it was all right. It's an interesting end to this version of DC since we know this is it for for this version of DC. Um, I heard it was a lot of fun. It's it's fun. Um, it was interesting to the whole herd thing. Because, uh, yeah, she's in it, but it's weird. I almost got the vibe. It felt almost like Leia in Rise of Skywalker. Like, she's there, but not really. Like She was in it a lot, more than I thought. She's in it, but she's not really, like, acting. Like, she doesn't really have lines. Kind of weird. Um, she was in it more than I thought. So yeah, but she's uh, just like there. 
Like, it's kind of weird. Like, the scene, like, they're with the Aquaman and his son, and it, like, feels like it's just them on their own. And there's, like, a scene with his dad. That feels like a real scene. Boba Fett, Mira Morrison, Django Fett. But she, like, walks in and, like, really no scene, no dialogue. Like, she's just there, you know? Kind of strange. <laughs> um, I want to say she did have some lines from what I remember, but I don't know. Yeah, she was there in the beginning. She was there a couple times in between and then at the end. But yeah, who knows? But maybe, maybe what I'm saying like she's just there, like not really part of the story. Like it's kind but of they weird. made they made it seem like everybody uh, or um everyone was saying that they. I understand they didn't want her in it at all. And then even they were saying that, I don't know who was saying that they cut her out, but now nah, she, she's in the movie. <laughs> so I, like I, I don't said know. that she's there, but not really like not really acting in it. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. But, Anyways. Um, yeah, I thought it was all right. It is, it was fun. Um, Parts of it, actually, I thought were maybe even a little too over the top, but that's fine, you know? It's okay. (laughs) It started to feel really, really out there, but that's okay. (laughs) And, you know, it's that's it. They're going to eventually cast a new Aquaman. Hey man, what's up, man? I'm trying to log into something and they're not letting me in. But um, yeah, that's it. I mean, I talked about it. Yeah, um, I liked it. Um, it. It's not out yet. It's oh, I guess it's still in the theater. But um, I'll probably pick it up when it comes out because I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was that's better. A long than the first wait one. in between because that came out December. 2023 and we don't get the new start of dc until 4th of july 2025 with the new soups so uh, i don't know i don't even know who's who's doing what did i send you that picture of uh reacher uh in in yeah was a a drawing uh, of him in the in the bat suit (laughs) and that other dude i don't like that other guy he's garbage um so it's called Superman Legacy. I said 4th of July. It's actually July 11th, 2025. Uh, David Corinsweat is Clark Kent. Skylar Gassando is Jimmy Olsen. Rachel Brosnahan is Lois Lane. Nathan Fillion is the Green Lantern, Guy Gardner. Nicholas Holt is Lex Luthor. Isabel Merced is Hot Girl. Millie Alcock is Kara Zor-El, Supergirl. Uh, Eddie Gathery is Mr. Terrific. Should have been that other chick, but I guess no more of her no. from uh, from Flash. It's all new. So that was Sean Gunn is Maxwell Lord. 
that sucked, man. She was awesome as Supergirl. And then, yeah. sorry, girlfriend. Uh, this is what uh, you get. <laughs> Follows uh, the titular superhero as he reconciles his heritage with his human upbringing. He's embodied with truth, justice, and a brighter tomorrow in a world that views kindness as old-fashioned. Hmm. We'll see. When's that come out? July 11th, 2025. <sighs> Over a year. Okay. Over a year away. I bet they'll be at Comic-Con, though. Hall H this year. I bet we'll have uh, first footage. Well, fat chance getting in there because I ain't, I ain't wasting my time in that line. Yeah, uh, I haven't been. Honestly, it's been years since we've gone. But even before that, it had been years since I had been in the Hall H, unless it was like walk in and it wasn't like a big type panel. Like it was a reverse because we used to be in there all the time. We were in there for the first time H ever filled up, which was for Heroes Season 2. That's the first time they ever filled Hall H. And we were in there for it. Because <laughs> we were able to just walk in Well we didn't walk in Somebody always went down there and, and saved us a spot And then we would just go All go in We all started in Hall H And then uh, eventually start Oh well I'm going to go to this I'm going to go to that now So, But uh, I don't know Right now yeah. it seems like you got to sleep outside to, yeah, uh, not gonna to do go that. The, no. But yeah, DC panel. It's probably gonna be Superman Legacy and the Batman Part Two. I can wait. Unless the someone just opens the door. Hey, you want to come in? Hell yeah, I'll go in. But nah, I'm good. I can uh, I can wait. But and they're doing an animated. I guess DC is doing an animated one for their relaunch. Creature Commandos. A group of military superhumans composed of a human leader, a werewolf, a vampire, Frankenstein's monster, and a gorgon. All right. Was it an Aquaman? What was the other one you saw? Oh, the beekeeper. How's that one? Beekeeper. How's that? Uh, New Jason Statham movie, kind of fitting of like a January type film. One man's brutal campaign for vengeance takes on national stakes after he's revealed to be a former operative of a powerful and clandestine organization known as Beekeepers. Adam Clay is a beekeeper, but someone who's very important to him who is scammed and driven to harm. However, what they don't know is these power and money-hungry scammers don't know is that Clay is agent of a classified program called Beekeepers. And they underestimate how much of a threat he is. Adam sets out on a quest of vengeance where he hunts and kills those responsible. Uh, yeah, described as a one-person army action thriller. I love one-person armies. Um, obviously, like a John Wick type thing. Jason Statham, obviously, he's done it before. Uh, directed by David Ayer, the guy that did uh, the first less liked version of Suicide Squad, but he also did movies like Into Watch, which uh, I think people like a lot more. Um, I thought this one was pretty cool. Like, 
really cool, especially for like a January movie. Um, this is one that uh, I guess for lack of anything else being on my list would be on my end of year list. I don't foresee it being there at the end of the year, but uh, definitely worthy of like a honorable mention type thing. Cause uh, I love these, like, like I said, like it's not bringing anything new to the table, but yeah, like you're, your one man army thing, like this guy is indestructible and just mowing down people left and right on this path of revenge. So, uh, yeah, I love that kind of stuff. And that's what you get here. It's not that long hour, 45 minutes. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I'd, uh, recommend checking it out. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. One of my friends told me to go see it. Because he's like, oh, dude, tell it good. I think you'll like it. And I'm, I think you'll like it. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I've missed, I don't know how many Jason Statham movies in the theater. I, it, yeah, he's hit or miss. I'd say this is a hit. It's good. Is it it's better good. than, um, uh, what the hell? Uh, the, the Meg. <laughs> it's yes. Better than <laughs> yes. Uh, Meg two, better than that. But even the Meg two, yeah. Well, the Meg two is just so out there, too crazy. (laughs) Just like the first one. (laughs) Yeah, didn't love it, but this one, no, it's cool. This one's cool. Got cool kills. Uh, Love the revenge factor type thing. So, yeah, it's cool, and it's like. I don't know, like just that that simple idea, like these people are like scamming like the helpless and the innocent, you know, and he's that's who he's out to stop. So it's kind of cool. Besides that, there's um, there is like a couple FBI agents that are like kind of trying to stop him, but are like realizing like what he's doing kind of so they're kind of trying to stop him kind of like realizing like what he is when they find out that he's uh this beekeeper but uh yeah it has uh if you uh fan of the hunger games movies or uh that recent uh, five nights at freddy's it has uh josh hutcherson in it um Jeremy Irons, um, he plays a pretty cool character in it. A uh, little part by uh, Felicia Rashad. Good to see her. Um, but yeah, I mean, this one, like I said, it's all about uh, Jason Statham here. Uh, if I go into <laughs> the user reviews, it's kind of funny. Uh, awful. They gave it a one. Five out of ten. Movies with an 80s vibe. It's a good thing. Uh, another person 10 i will give it an easy 10 uh 7 out of 10 law and justice the difference and then one if you want a dumb plot but good action look elsewhere uh fine film about manifesting liberty and social justice in the global committee community uh so yeah it's like i mean that's pretty much what you're gonna get it's Comparing it to what we were just talking about with uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, it's like either like it or you don't, and you can appreciate it for what it is or you won't, kind of thing. So, 
Yeah, like I said, though, I really liked it. Like I said, out of lack of there being nothing else on my list, it would be on my list right now, but I don't foresee it being there truly at the end of the year. But uh, I'd definitely give it a, a honorable mention. I wouldn't mind uh, having it in the collection. It'd be something I'd rewatch for sure. Um, and like I said, I would recommend checking out in the theater. I didn't, I didn't <clears throat> recommend, and I don't recommend the Meg too, but I do recommend the Beekeeper. <laughs> attention, attention! His Eminence, the Imperious Leader, will be with us shortly. All right, everybody, we're back again. Sorry about the interruptions. They're doing some internet stuff here on the Res, and it kind of messed up i started talking about a movie and then it just it was all choppy so that was the reason but anyway uh the movie i started my uh, oscar watch that you guys already know best picture Uh, i got through a few already barbie killers of the flower moon um oppenheimer and all the other ones i don't remember uh Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer. Yeah, I got through those. Uh, I started Poor Things, but I, I still didn't get back to it. So, But I got to watch one, two, three, four, five more movies. Uh, so I got one and a half more to go. Finish Poor Things and The Zone of Interest, which I try not to just read into any of these movies. I just click on them and, and watch them um i went to the movies for one the rest of them were all streaming so but anyway yeah zone of interest I, I watched the trailer for that i tried not to read up much into it but then i found that it has something to do with some nazi and uh he lives in this mansion on the other side of the wall of auschwitz so i'm like oh man one of those movies so i I don't know if it's going to be a tearjerker or what. I don't know. But um, not as far as Nazi stuff. So I don't really know much about that. But the film that I did watch, um, the films I did watch, the first one, this is streaming on uh, Peacock. And this is The Holdovers. A curmudgeonally. Curmudgeonous. A curmud- it says curmudgeonly instructor at a new a New England prep school remains on campus during Christmas break to babysit a handful of students with nowhere to go. As soon he soon forms an unlikely bond with a brainy but damaged troublemaker and with the school's head cook, a woman who just lost a son in the Vietnam War. All right, that's IMDb or um, I'm sorry. Google IMDb, a cranky teacher, a cranky teacher history, history teacher at a remote prep school is forced to remain on campus over the holidays with a troubled student who has no place to go and a grieving cook. Directed by Alexander Payne, written by David Hemmingson, and this stars Golden Globe winner, Golden Globe winner Paul Giamatti for this film. Uh, a Divine Joy Randolph, a Dominic Sessa, a Carrie Preston. I haven't seen her in a while. She was in um, True Blood. And a bunch of other people that were only in it for like a little bit. And then it mainly focused on 
uh, the three characters, uh, Paul Hunman, Angus Tully, and Mary Lamb. Uh, some prep school, I assume somewhere on the East Coast as a holiday time. And some of the kids, some of the students had to stay, stay behind. They were held over. And what was it? Were they held? It was during Christmas. So they were being right. held over for because they weren't doing good in school. Is that the reason? No, they couldn't no, go? no, no. It was it was there was arrangements made like each of them had a reason why they couldn't like join their family. Mm, like okay. each of them had their reason and obviously that quickly changes. I just wanted to say up top that, uh, yeah, I got to admit, I completely misjudged how I thought you would take this film. I thought it had potential to make your end of year top 10. So I was completely off base there. That's uh, a strike on me <laughs> as far as, uh, uh, judging your taste, but uh, I thought you'd like it more. <laughs> it was a good movie. I'd probably watch it again. It didn't need to be two hours and thirteen minutes. They could have took half hour out of this. But Paul Giamatti, he's he's good in just about everything he's in, aka Rhino. Um, Mary Lamb, Divine Joy uh, Randolph. I liked her character, and this other guy, the Dominic Sessa, Angus Telly. He was good too. But when there was the holdovers, I thought it was good because they held some kids back to, to stay. Um, I think there was, what, about five or six of them? So yeah. I thought it was going to be that type of movie of them, these five or six uh, young gentlemen and this teacher and this cook uh, getting into mischief uh, over the holidays. But it wasn't that because uh, the other boys, one of the boys, his, his dad was like super rich. So he came over in his private helicopter and said, hey, who wants to go skiing? So they got a hold of everybody's parents and the ones they could go all said, yeah, go for it. So they all got in this kid's helicopter and, and they all took <laughs> off to go skiing. But the other kid, uh, the Tully boy, he could or Angus, he couldn't get a hold of his family. So he couldn't go. So he was just like, oh, so uh, they were just like really just stuck in this prep school. Um, it was a big school, but since everyone was gone, they didn't want to waste all the the electricity on the heat. So they were only heating up certain parts of uh, the building that they were staying in because they were pretty much it was during the winter. So they were in uh, winter coats and and heaters and, and all that. So they they kind of knew who uh, Paul was, the teacher, Paul Giamani. They kind of knew who he was. He kind of had a bad rep being just some cranky uh, history teacher. Um, we didn't know too much about uh, the cook, um, but as as the story goes on, you kind of you learn her story. And yes, her son passed. He was in in Vietnam, so she's dealing with the grief of that. And then we find out some more stuff about this Angus kid, and that was it. So I was kind of like, oh man, since half the cast left, now it's just these three to 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 hold the movie on. I was like, all right. I liked what was happening. I liked what was going on in the story that was um, in it, but it was just, it was just slow. And I, I was just like, oh man. I mean, I, like I said, I, I'd rewatch it again. Maybe not anytime soon, but I, I was expecting a little more because I, I thought all these kids were gonna get um, into trouble and mischief and hijinks uh, at this school. 
Uh, the one little uh, Asian boy, Yi Yoon Park. I think they called him like Wang or Chang or something like that. And he said, that's not my name and <laughs> and everything. So because there was kind of a little uh, a bonding moment between Yi and Angus, a uh, little Asian boy, he kind of uh, had a little accident in bed. And uh, Angus was like, hey, man, it's all right, man. I'll just find a dry spot and go back to sleep and um, I'll help you uh, hide the sheets and, and your wet clothes and everything. So I thought it was going to be that kind of like um, that type of story of him and the other older ones. Because there was another younger guy named another kid named Alex. I thought they were going to kind of like be mentors to these boys and, and, and other than getting into all kinds of trouble. But that's not what we had here. Again, it was just mainly focused on these three, these three characters uh, in the film. But what I did love the most about it, I loved the score, and I loved the very, very beginning of the film, showing the old school Universal logo of the <laughs> Earth and everything. I liked all that yeah. stuff, and they they filmed it like it was an old movie made back they in yeah. uh, of the times, but. Yeah, this it just didn't it didn't grab me as as much as uh as you thought. There's it was a funny quote be. early on from Paul Giamatti. Well, the one kid tells him like, and you know, whatever it's fitting because I feel like tons of teachers have like said this line, but it's just so funny. The like, Mister, I can't fail this class, and he's like, No, I believe you can. <laughs> Paul J. Money was good. I liked it. And yeah. I his he's got he has a lazy eye. His character has yeah. a lazy eye. I had to look that up. I thought it was is that really his eye? No, it was some uh, Hollywood trick magic they did uh to make his eye. Because it was always wandering around. But I love the part when it went, This eye, this is the one you need to focus on. Because <laughs> they kept his the way one they didn't know which eye to look at. This was like almost at the end of the film, and he finally just said, "This eye." <laughs> that part was hella funny. I had, to, I had to rewind it, but yeah, the the movie is good. Um, uh, the only reason I really watched it is because it was nominated for best picture. I probably would have went, uh, got to this film later on sometime, but um, I could see why it was nominated for best picture. Um, it is worth a watch. I'm not saying don't watch it. I, I wasn't like completely bored with it, but it was just a little too long. It, it didn't need to be as long as it was. So, but I say definitely check it out. Um, if I'm selling it to you, I mean, you guys know the type of craziness that I want. I like, but I do like these type of stories. If you've listened to my, um, uh, my best of list, that was a lot of dramatic stuff, but this one, um, I think I just loved it more for the way they filmed it and how they put the whole movie together. But again, then again, it was just a, l- a little too long. It's uh, a Christmas I, story too. It can be uh, Christmas rewatchable. <laughs> yeah, there was some. It was during Christmas time. They there was a Christmas tree. I liked that part too. Oh, that was hella week. Um, when when all when all every all the kids were gone from the school, the yeah. um Christmas tree guy came. And took the Christmas tree yeah. that was in in the in the um the cafeteria. They were, hey, what are you doing? Oh, well, um, you guys are all leaving, and it's no good. And I usually do this every year, and they said it was okay, so I'm just taking it back to the lot so I can resell it. <laughs> I was like, damn. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I say check this movie out if um if it's uh, floating your boat. Just watch the trailer and read up on it. If you have Peacock, it's streaming on there, so there's no 
reason why you could not watch this film. And that was The Holdovers. All right. This next one, I had to... I did. I read a little something on, on IMDb. Um, it was just the one sentence, uh, and this is uh, this is. Um, I had to rent it on uh, Amazon. I think it was only like five bucks or something. Uh, but this is Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, it was rated R. It's two hours and thirty minutes. Did it need to be that long? No. They could have took thirty to forty minutes out of this. But anyway, um, a woman is suspected of her husband's murder, and they're blind. Blind Sons faces a moral dilemma as the main witness. This is directed by Justine Tirrett. I think that's how you're saying your name. Written by her as well as Arthur Harari. And this stars Sandra Huller. Ooh, I'm going to butcher everyone's single names. Everybody's name in this, so I'm not even going to try. Um, They were speaking... Um... French, I believe. Let me see. Um, I, I wasn't really sure because I had to read the whole movie. There was some parts in English, but um, I had to read because the uh, the main woman, she was from Germany. It's in it's in French. She was from Germany, um, and he was French, or her husband. So. They had to. Uh, they learned. They both learned English, so they can like be. Since he didn't, he didn't learn German. She was starting to learn French, because she was speaking French a little bit, and then she would go to English and everything. But this story, it was, it was a good movie. I could see why it was nominated for best picture. I'm not sure on who, if the director is or any of these, these actors are. But the story was, um. This uh, this family, this this husband and wife and their son, living up in the mountains in France somewhere, like way up in the mountains in the in, uh, during the winter time. Uh, she is a book writer, so she is trying to write uh, a story as well as he is too. Um, but then something something happens. Uh, the son goes, she's, she's, she's getting interviewed, but, uh, her husband is upstairs fixing something in the attic and he's got music, um, blasting super loud. Uh, it was that one, um, 50 cent song, um, that PIM, PIMP song, but there it was like an instrumental or something because there was no, there was no lyrics or nothing. So, um, that was like full blast blasting upstairs and she was like, uh, whatever. So, um, she was telling the, the interviewer, she was like, you know what? I can't, I, I, we can't do this. It's too loud. Let's do this another time. So like, oh, okay. So she ends up leaving. She goes upstairs to, to lay down and take a nap. I get, she put earplugs in and then her son goes outside with his dog to, uh, just see he, he, Something I can't remember. Something happened to him, and he lost his sight. He can still kind of see if it's like dark or light, and maybe see shapes, but he can't really see too good. So he was he went outside with his dog, and all of a sudden he started screaming. And the mom went running down there, and saw that her husband was laying in the snow, and like the back of his head or whatever was smashed, 
because it was blood all over the snow. So they weren't sure on what happened. And they, uh, the cameras go upstairs and then it sees, uh, an open window, uh, up there. So they're still like, they're trying to figure out, uh, what happened. So this whole movie, it's basically a courtroom drama. They're trying to figure out, did she murder her husband or did he kill himself? So they, they run down all this evidence that they have. Um, they, they have to put the son up on the stand because he, uh, he had witnessed some stuff in the house, um, because they're really, their, their relationship, their marriage wasn't the greatest. Uh, I think she had cheated, uh, um, one time and everything. And it was kind of like a jealousy issue thing, but, but when it came to the writing, but the whole movie was them trying to figure out what happened to this guy. I did not get the title until I was about to lay down. I was telling Renee about it. And she was, what did you watch? I said, Anatomy of a Fall. And I, she, well, what's that? And I kind of explained it to her. And then I went, duh, I get the title now. Anatomy of a Fall. So <laughs> they're trying to figure out how this guy fell uh, to his death. There. Was he murdered? Did he commit suicide? And everything. So again, they show a lot of stuff. There's a lot of flashbacks. There's a, a lawyer that's dealing with her. He's throwing all these questions at her. There's flashbacks of what's going on um, and everything. So it was interesting. I was I was all for it. Um, I don't think I would watch this movie again because it it was just really slow, super slow burn. If you like these courtroom drama type things and you don't mind reading the whole thing, um, a lot, some of it is in English, but a majority of it is, is all in French and you got to read the whole thing. So, but, um, I assume this is, I don't know if this is up for a foreign film either, but I mean, it was a good, it was a good movie. And like I said, I probably wouldn't watch it again, but I'm not mad that I watched it. So I, I was like, all right, cool. That was a good movie. And it's another one off the list. But once it starts streaming anywhere, and if you guys like uh, courtroom dramas and all that, um, definitely check this film out. I won't, I won't give away the ending and everything, but it, it was, it was, it was definitely worth uh, my time because I was sitting there and I was so into it because I was trying to figure out what, what the hell happened, and I wanted to know if I missed something. I was starting to think, well, maybe this person done it, maybe that person done it. So, but again, uh, rent it and you can see, uh, for yourself what anatomy of a fall is. So you can, you can rent that movie. All right. The next film, uh, it's seen is maestro. Let me see if I can pull this up. M A S. How the hell do you spell M A E S. This is uh, streaming on Netflix. Um, it is two hours and nine minutes, and it's rated R. This love story chronicles the lifelong relationship of conductor-composer Leonard Bernstein and actress Felicia Montalay. I can't pronounce her last name. Um, something Cohen Bernstein. Uh, this is written and directed. Was well, written. It's directed by Bradley Cooper and is written by Bradley Cooper and Joss Singer. 
and this stars Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan, a Matt Boomer. Um, I'm trying to see who else is in this and a bunch of other people. All right. It was kind of rough the first hour of the film. Um, if you know who Leonard Bernstein is, not just because of his name in uh, the R.E.M. song. Because um, when they went Leonard Bernstein, that's the first time I went, oh, okay, that's who Leonard Bernstein is. I love that R.E.M. song. <laughs> so this is his life story as a um, as a conductor, as a maestro. Uh, I really, really loved the cinematography on how they film this. And I thought Bradley Cooper did an amazing performance as Leonard Bernstein. Um, there at the very end of the film, they, they actually show uh, a clip of the real Leonard Bernstein up there conducting uh, his uh, orchestra. And damn, they really made Bradley Cooper look like him. Uh, it's, it starts off uh, color and he's older, but then it goes flashback and the whole um i think is the 1940s or something is is black and white up to the middle of the film then it turns to color as he's getting older and as as he gets older and older through the film the first half of the film i was kind of like all right all right come on i'm not really interested in, in what's happening here but once the film turned into color that's when i was I really started to to get into it. Um, but, I mean, am I mad that I watched this whole film? No. And two hours, a little over two hours, I thought it was it was perfect timing for this film. Uh, Bradley Cooper was awesome in this movie. And like I said, I loved how they made him look like the real Leonard Bernstein. Uh, I didn't know his story at all. So it was it was interesting to me. I don't know how much of this is true and how much it isn't. But he's dealing with his being a maestro and he's dealing with his family, uh, being married and getting divorced and having an affair with uh, another gentleman and then getting back with his wife again. And then the movie. Yeah, the movie's going. I won't really give you much more of the ending if you want to watch this film. But I thought it was a really, really good movie. I thought this is the film that I was kind of like, because when it started, I was kind of like, oh, man, this is going to be uh, a boring film. Uh, no, but I th- like I said, once the film turned to color, I was really, really into the story. And I was really I was paying attention more from that part uh, to the end. Um, I would watch this film again. I think I would watch it again just to see the beginning, because like I said, I wasn't really paying attention much. I was listening. But I wasn't really there wasn't like it was action and adventure or anything going on on the screen. I was just listening to the dialogue and I was getting what was going on. But I would like be on my phone and everything. But um, I'm going to watch it again. Uh, Like I said, I I watched the first half, the black and white half. But it was a really, really good film. Um, If you have any interest on who Leonard Bernstein is and who his wife is, uh, definitely check this film out. And I like I said, I, I loved how they filmed it. Um, oh, uh, Sarah Silver, Sarah Silverman is also in this film. And there was, what's her nuts? I think it was, uh, Ethan Hawke's daughter. I want to say she was in this. If I remember right. Because there was a lot of people in this film. 
But uh, shout out to the guys, uh, the costumes and everything and the makeup and uh, how they made um, Bradley Cooper look older. I don't know how really how they really are you if you're starring in this film and you're directing it. Are you yelling action and cut or is the your assistant uh, doing it? And I don't know. I don't know how it all works. <laughs> but uh anyone if you have any interest in on, on this film, I say watch it. it. It was a it was a really good film. Oh, um the way they filmed it. It everyone has these big TVs now. Big TVs now. It doesn't fill your whole screen. It's like an old uh square in the middle. Of the film or in the middle of the screen uh so the black bars are on the sides uh so i was kind of like well okay i was thinking maybe once it got to color it would fill the screen no it stayed that way that old old style square uh when, when we watch things on on the old t the tube tvs uh from back in the day so i thought that was a kind of a good thing that they did there but the way the movie ended I thought it was really awesome. And then showing the real Leonard Bernstein doing his stuff uh, in action. I thought that was really cool. But anyway, if I'm selling it to you, definitely check out Maestro. And that is streaming on Netflix. All right. The next one I watched. Past Lives. If you have um, Paramount Plus or Showtime. it's uh, It was streaming on Showtime. But since Paramount Plus and the Showtime thing. Got their uh, teamed up or whatever. It's on there. So I'm like, okay, good. Because I was about to rent this movie and I saw that it was streaming on Paramount Plus. So good thing I didn't. But Past Lives, hour and 45 minutes. I thought this was two hours because it, it moved slow. <laughs> uh, it's PG 13. Um, Nora and oh, Hey Sung. I think that's how you say his name. Two deeply connected childhood friends are rested apart um nora's family immigrates from south korea uh 20 years later they are reunited in a fateful week as they confront uh notions of love and destiny this is written and directed by celine song and this stars greta lee as nora i can't remember her name um when she came to america she changed her name to uh so, but she just oh, shortened shit. it to, I'm not a Laura, um, something Lenora, I think anyway, but anyway, so she, because when they moved over, she was saying that you got to have an American name because no one's going to want to call you, uh, I think it was like, ah, young or something like that. I can't remember. Anyway, Greta Lee is Nora, Teo Yo as Hey Sung, a John Margot as Arthur and okay. Her name was when, when she was in Korea. Seung Ah Moon. I think that's how you say it. Or how you say it. But there's a bunch of other people in this, and I'm not gonna. I'm, it's all Korean names, and I'm gonna butcher everyone's name. But um, this movie was really, really good. But like I said, it's super duper slow. Um, I like these type of films, these kind of love stories, but not really. Um, when they're really when they're when they're young in South Korea, um, they're friends. They're, they're kind of really close, and and they're younger. And then they they're like, uh, let's be boyfriend girlfriend, and all this. And when we're older, we'll get married. Is that type of of childhood 
things. I don't know if any of you guys have been that way uh, with somebody. I mean, I, I know a lot of people. I mean, the ones, the people that are still in my lives today uh, are like my really, really good friends that I've known since preschool. Um, so, but this movie, it was, it was really heartwarming. And I liked what was going on here. Uh, they start off really young, and then they start to get older. Um, I think about maybe teenagers, and um, may or maybe not quite teenagers, maybe eleven or twelve. And she did tell him, "Look, I, we're we're going to America." I think they went to Canada first, then they went to America, but they said, "We're we're leaving South Korea." So they're like, uh, "He's like, okay." But uh, so she goes, she goes to America. She becomes a, I think she's a playwright or something. So she's, she's in America doing her thing. Um, she, uh, there's, I can't, I believe it was in the eighties and then the nineties and then the internet and Facebook and all that. So she kind of, uh, she looks up this guy. She looks him up because they haven't uh, stayed connected. And um, she, I think her her father, I can't remember what her father does. I think he was like in the, the movie industry and somebody posted on his movie Facebook page like, hey, I'm, my name is whatever and I'm, uh, I'm looking for, and he said her Korean name. So she kind of saw that, and then so she looked up the the guy, and she finds he's he's doing his thing. He's still in Korea, so they kind of start Facebook and messaging each other. Uh, they do the the FaceTime and everything, or the Skype. They're doing that, and they're talking, and they're talking every day, and everything. But then she kind of comes around. You should come to New York and uh, visit. And he's like, oh, well, when do you think you'll ever come back to uh, Korea? And she goes, eh, I got all my stuff going on here. I mean, they were talking like every day. And then she was kind of like, when when she was bringing up, you should come to New York. That's when it kind of threw a riff in their, in their relationship. So they kind of stopped talking again. So I think it was like. 12 years or something like that. So they didn't talk. So by then, since they weren't talking, she met some guy, ended up marrying him, but then they started talking again. And then he came to New York and then, uh, he was, he was talking to her. It was a lot of those movies that here, I'm sitting there watching this film. Why didn't you tell her how you feel? Cause you obviously you can clearly see that he's in love with her. He's been in love with her since they were little kids. Like why, why, why don't you say anything? It was a lot of them just staring at each other, as were at her as well. So I was kind of like, come on. I mean, say something, one of you. I won't tell you how it ends, but this movie was really good. I would definitely watch this movie again. It's drama romance, but it was a lot of me. I mean, I like these little lovey-dovey type of films. Uh, I love all those romantic comedies and everything. So this whole time, I was like, fucking... Say something. One of you say, confess your feelings. But she was married. So I don't know. You guys watch the film, and uh, I, I want that. That's about all I can say about the film. But it was really, really good. Um, Renee was kind of she 
not like me. She she could care less about these love stories and everything. So, but I said, did you like it? She went, yeah, yeah, it was all right. I was like, oh. but I like. Sounds this like film. you might like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> I don't know, man. When I when like I said, when we we're talking about it. When I I want when I hear Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I want action and shoot 'em up adventure. This I knew nothing about. I did this was this is one of the movies I didn't look into. I saw that um, it was a Korean film, so I was like, "Oh, okay." I mean, what's what's um, Parasite was Korean, and that movie was hella good. I didn't even know nothing about that until Courtney uh, brought it up to me, and that ended up winning Best Picture. And that movie, that was my pick too. I loved that movie. Uh, but this one, will it win? I don't know. Probably not. I have no idea. If it's up for like foreign films, well, it is. They are in Korea and they are speaking pretty much Korean the whole time. But then she starts pe- speaking English because she meets that guy. And I don't know. I, I don't know what I know, but it's up for best picture. So I, I don't know. I know Anatomy, Anatomy of a Fall, that would be in the foreign film category. But. Yeah, but this one, if you have Paramount Plus, it's streaming on there. If you like these type of little uh, drama romance stories, I say uh, check it out because I thought it was a really, really good film. But yeah, that's uh, Past Lives. Okay, Maestro Past Lives, Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers. All right, let me get on to the last film that I had seen. I had to go to the theater and see this one. Um. And it was an awesome, awesome film. And this is American fiction. Uh, it's rated R. It's an hour and 57 minutes. Um, it flew by. I was so into this film. It's comedy drama. Uh, the trailer is what sold it to me. So I remember seeing the trailer for the first time. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, a novelist who's fed up with the establishment Profiting from black Quote unquote Entertainment uses a pen name To write a book that propels Him into the heart of Of hypocrisy and the Madness he claims to Disdain this is Directed by Cora Jefferson also written by him And a Percival Everett And this stars uh, Jeffrey Wright guys might remember him as Jim Gordon from The Batman. Uh, Therese Ellis Ross, uh, Bo from Blackish and Mixedish. She plays uh, Lisa Ellison. Uh, um, Jeffrey Wright's character, they kept calling him Monk, but his name was Thelonious Ellison. Also stars John Ortiz, a Erica Alexander. I have not seen her in a really long time. But those of you 90s kids that remembered Living Single, uh, she was in that. And uh, Renee was like, damn, she didn't even age. Uh, and this is what my my black friends always tell me. Black don't crack. And that is true because she looks exactly the same as she did in Living Single. Uh, Leslie Uggams, I think that's how you say her name. She played Agnes Ellison. Uh, Adam Brody, I love him in anything he pops up in, and he was badass in this. He's only in it for a few minutes, but uh, the great Keith David, uh, Essa Ray, uh, Sterling K. Brown, he was awesome in this film. He was my favorite character, 
and a bunch of other people in this. All right, American fiction. He is a book writer, and people can care less about his books. Uh, he goes to, um, or he sees this one, uh, uh, Cent- Centara Golden. She is a, a, um, uh, an author, and she writes a book called, ooh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's um, basically a story of being in the hood. And they they have her read and a uh, little little bit of it, and the language she uses in it. I mean, this is what they were saying in black, talking black in, in the movie. <laughs> um, I did. They show this in the trailer, and he like, why does everyone love this story? It's it's stupid. It's just making. This was his his opinion. He was thinking this is making black people. Uh, Stereotypical black people This is It's that type of story that he says That this lady's writing And he goes why do people love that type of stuff He didn't grow up that way He grew up in a rich family So uh, But his brother uh, Sterling K. Brown, Clifford Ellison He he was a plastic surgeon sur- Surgeon and his sister I think she was a doctor uh, As well um, I can't remember what they said his dad Their dad done but he, he passed um, before I mean earlier uh, He wasn't in this film but they talked about him um, And their mom Agnes She was kind of on the verge of um, Alzheimer's or whatever So um, Obviously Monk and Lisa Were raised a little different And Clifford uh, Sterling K. Brown Was more He was kind of like hoodish uh, And everything with, with, with his ways and the way he spoke and when we were done watching this film, every, my wife goes, "This reminds me of the Browns." Uh, Renee used to work for this one, uh, this one family. Uh, there was these guys named Kevin and uh, I can't remember the other brother is. Um, the parents they owned uh, some kind of real estate uh, business, and Renee was their secretary. And um, the 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 owners the the parents I can't remember them Mr. and Mrs. Brown that's all I remember they were really really nice people and Kevin and oh Bill Brown well, was his name they were kind of reminded and Renee goes they reminded me of the Brown the Kevin and and Bill and it it was funny though because when you meet Kevin he's really proper suit tie how are you doing? Uh, it's a nice day today, and really, really gentlemanish, if that's the word. And Kevin, or yeah, um, I'm sorry, Bill, uh, the junior. I think it was Bill Junior. He was like hood. Hey man, what's up, man? How you doing, Kev? What's up, brother? And give me the five and the the handshake and the hug and, and everything. He was hella cool. But then I look at the, I, I look at those those two and they're just two totally separate. They grew up in the same house. They grew up in the same family. But one, this is the oh, this is the way Bill put it. He goes, "Oh man, Kevin's a white boy." And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, "What?" He's basically telling that his black brother is white because because he he acts like a white boy. That's what he that, those were his words, and that's how these two guys were <laughs> in this. So, but. Monk uh, Thelonious, he is just fed up with all this uh, this book. Like he goes, man, he was sitting there trying to come up with a new book idea. 
So he wrote a story, um, some just some hood story, and gave it a um, was it a pseudonym name? Is that what the, what you do? Like um, yeah. like Stephen yeah. King was Richard Bachman, right? And he put he put out some stories. He came up with a name something stags something. I can't remember what he called himself, but he wrote this crazy story and he goes to his, uh, his publisher, um, John Ortiz author. And he goes, here, man, put this one out. He reads it and he goes, do you really want me to turn this in? And he goes, yeah, man. He goes, everyone's in love with this other lady's book and it's stupid and everything. He goes here. And he goes, um, do you want me to put your name on it? He's like, no, no. Use the name that I have on the story. So he's like, I don't know, man. I don't know if they're going to go for it. So this is all in the trailer, everyone. So he puts the book in, and then he calls up Monk. Hey, man. Awesome, man. They, they, they love the book. He put, he actually turned in two books, the, the, the original book that he was writing, and then this little fake one that he made up. So he was like, what? Oh, man, they're taking my book. He thought they were talk, taking the, the good book. Well, in his eyes, the good book. And they're like, no, nah, man, they're taking the, um, I think it was called my, my philosophy or something like that. But the way he spelled philosophy, he spelled it all crazy. I think that was the, uh, the, the, the title of the, of the story. And it just, he, they, he was like, no, no, they want the other story. And he went, what? Um, uh, and he's kind of like, uh, Okay. And he goes, no, nah, man, they, they really, really love this book. And he's kind of like, uh, it was a joke. And he goes, no, man, they they love it. Oh, the, his, um, the book that he wrote is called My Pathology. P-A-F-O-L-O-G-Y. He spelt it out correctly. And he looked at it, and then he went back and changed it. And uh, the name that he went by was Stag R. Lee. And they're like, no, nah, man, they love this, man. They, 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 they want more. They want everyone to, uh, to put this out. And he was like, what? This is garbage. What, what do you mean this is what they want? And he goes, man, they, they love it. He met with the, the people that were going to put the book out. And they were all for it. Like, yes, let's move. This story is awesome. Uh, we're already getting offers to to make it into a movie, and we're looking. They're looking at uh, Michael B. Jordan to be in it, and he's like, "What?" <laughs> he's just so like dumbfounded about it all. And they go, "But they want to do interviews with you." And he's like, uh, "He talked to one of them on the phone, but he he was uh, it was him and uh, Arthur, the his publisher, and." They're sitting there looking at each other. He's kind of starting to talk all proper, but he looks at Arthur, and Arthur Arthur is like, he's giving him like the the hood signs, like you know, yo yo, talk like that. But he he, he was just his body motion. So Monk's like, yeah man, what's up uh, on the phone and everything, and they're they're buying it, and he's just like, what? So the rest of the movie is is. Uh, this is all again. This is all a trailer. That is just the the craziness that comes with uh, that story uh, and what they want to do. Plus, it, it kind of falls into a little uh, a little love story type of thing when he's dealing with um, Coraline, uh, Erica Alexander's character, and stuff like that. So, but 
But when his brother comes into play, uh, Sterling K. Brown, Clifford uh, Ellison, he's hella funny. Uh, he popped up in it too, and all—it's just all—all all craziness dealing with him. Uh, again, he was my favorite character in this movie, but this movie was hella good. I'm buying this when it comes out. Um, I assume, hopefully, it'll be streaming before um, the Oscars because I, I don't know if people are going to go out and, and see it. But um, man, out of everything that I've seen so far. Uh, again, I've, I still have to finish uh, Poor Things, but I do like uh, what they're doing in it. Past Lives, awesome film. Oppenheimer, ah, I'm glad I saw it. Maestro, really, really good film. Killers of the Flower Moon, awesome. Holdovers, good movie, but it just wasn't for me. Barbie, awesome. Anatomy of a Fall, good, good story. But right now, my pick for best picture is American Fiction. Because this movie was awesome. Uh, I loved it. I was going uh, past lives, but then we went and seen American Fiction because I was like, I really loved past lives. Um, Still got to finish Poor Things, but I kind of have a feeling it's going to be out of that or Killers of the Flower Moon. Well, who knows? We'll see. If Barbie wins, I'm not going to be mad. Um, The Zone of Interest, I still need to, to see that one. And I'm kind of like dreading that one if it's dealing with Nazis and Auschwitz and all that. So, but that movie, The Zone of Interest, uh, it's only an hour and 45 minutes. So I guess I don't have to deal with it too much. Um, Let me just read what that one's about. I already watched the trailer, so I know. Auschwitz Commandant uh, Rudolf Haas, I think that's how you say it, and his wife, Hedwig. Uh, strive to build a dream life for their family in their house and garden beside the camp. Um, I don't know if they're showing the the hell and the horrors of Auschwitz, but from what they're showing in the trailer, it just seems like some guy and his, and his family uh, living in a nice big house, but he's a Nazi. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know where the, this film is going. Um, I didn't watch any reviews or anything or anything about it. So I just know as much as what I read to you and the trailer. So now as soon as I see it, I'll come back and tell you guys what I thought about it. But if you guys can get out to the theater and see American fiction, do yourself a favor because this movie was awesome and it's hella funny. Um, I, again, I knew it was a comedy what was fun? It's what was in the trailer was funny, but there was some stuff that was in the trailer that they didn't show, or the stuff that wasn't in the trailer, uh, dealing with uh, Sterling K. Brown, and he was hella funny uh, in this movie. But yeah, I say definitely check out American Fiction, and uh, right now it's uh, my pick for best picture at the Academy Awards, but. We shall see. But like I said, I think it's out of Killers of the Fire Moon and Poor Things, the way everyone's talking. Because I know Lily Gladstone and um, what's her nuts? Um, what the hell's her name? Uh, Emma Stone. Uh, they, I think they're going to battle it out. Uh, Lily won at uh, the Golden Globes, and Emma was up for that as well. Uh 
what I've seen so far, I did. I, I kind of mentioned it last episode. Um, she was good in what I've seen. Um, but I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I know the Academy Awards aren't until March, so we'll see what happens, everyone. But as far as movies, that is all that I have. So I saw one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight and a half movies. I got one and a half to go. Zone of interest, I just got to go to the theater and see it, I guess, because it's not streaming anywhere. But I have that feeling. I'm going to go see it, then the next day it's going to be streaming. <laughs> so, yep, probably. Um, but poor things. Um, I say go see that on the big screen because what I'm seeing uh, looks pretty damn good. I don't know, man. And 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 a lot of I've watched a lot of and uh, listened to a lot of pods and watched videos of people's um best films of the year and everyone Poor Things was their number one uh film. So it wasn't mine, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it would have been on my list if I would have saw it before we did uh any of that, but I did not. So anyway. Well, when it gets closer, maybe we can do the traditional oscars pod and uh i probably won't have seen them all by that point but uh can rely on uh, pop goes the movie like we did last year and probably the year before that <laughs> well the ones i think you need to watch are killers of the flower moon you already saw barbie oppenheimer that's going to be on uh peacock pretty soon yeah uh watch that one um I don't know. You'll probably be bored unless you like drop um courtroom dramas, Anatomy of a Fall. I um, can. I definitely. Sometimes that's my interest. You know how much I love Dateline. So. Well, if you don't mind reading the whole movie in French, go for it. But mm. um. Yeah. Yeah. That's but I'm, if, I'm sure if it's streaming <laughs> somewhere, maybe they'll do a dubbed version, like um uh Anatomy of the Snow. Is it Anatomy of the Snow? Or whatever that one. Um, Society of the Snow. Um, that you got to read if you want to uh, listen to it in the in the language that, that they really spoke. I put the 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 English version on. I st- I was tired. I started reading it, but then I was like, I'm just too tired to to read. So yeah, I put the the dub version. But you, you gotta um, hear the dub on that show. I really like that made my uh, into your top ten. The uh, Devil's Plan. Uh, I love the game, but yeah, the dub is funny. You know, people talking over each other. What is this? What is it? I'm scared. I'm scared. What is this? <laughs> oh, damn, uh, I don't know if I could it's do funny. that. It's <laughs> funny. I did a couple episodes of uh, Witcher Magallan in the dubbed um, Squid Game, but the the dub they didn't do a good job dubbing it. It was killing me. <laughs> so oh, I just, so I I just a read it. Question for you on that, if you remember, um, they did a teaser. Everybody got excited for season two, and I was like, "Why are you getting excited? That's literally from the end of season one." Like everybody's like. <laughs> new squid game season two footage and it wasn't it was the end of season one he's on the phone uh the main character he's on the phone with frontman right in that the end when he's like yeah. i'm gonna find you yeah yeah 
had to be right and yeah. then you don't know if the brother it they made it look like the cop brother died but they didn't confirm it so he might he's probably still around right? he's still we, we didn't see the aftermath of him falling off that cliff right so. yeah yeah so he's, he's 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 still there he's still alive he probably hit something it was probably still hard but not as hard yeah. as rocks <laughs> or drowned or something so but they did have new posters though and one of them was of the main character looking concerned at a masked squid game person and then they had the front man guy with his mask down and then they had a girl uh, like a new girl holding like the invitation card so i guess i mean it is squid game i guess Frontman is going to get another game going, and then the one guy's going to, the winner of of uh, the first one, he's going to try to infiltrate, I guess. I don't know. I'm just off the top of my head. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. I don't, I don't know, know what we'll they're going to do for, for season two. We'll see. But all right, everyone. Uh, they're going is... to do, do uh, another of the reality, the game show. They're going to do a season two of that. Yeah. You can apply we'll if you want. You want to do it? I'm, I ain't going all the way to, If I go to Australia, I'm not going to stay in a warehouse or whatever. I want to <laughs> see Australia. <laughs> I don't do know. at the same time. We'll see. <laughs> but, um, all right. Uh, Star Wars news. There ain't much, but. I got some. I got some. We go lost. Ahead. Uh, Apollo Creed, yeah, the, the King of Sting, Grief Karga, the Count of Monte Fisto. Um, oh man, Carl Weathers, yeah, Grief Karga. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do either. Either recast, don't. No, they it, can move on. They he. <laughs> He he didn't leave with like any open storylines. Like I, he I mean, gave I, Mando he gave Mando the the house, but that was it. They need him. They need his character to if they have to come back to wherever he's at. Just just recast. Don't kill him off. Don't just not talk about him anymore. He was a good character. He did a lot uh, in those. So I say just recast. But I don't know what they're doing. So we'll see. But. Carl Weathers, oh man, um, little Raider, not these bullshit L.A. or Vegas. Um, he was born January fourteenth, nineteen forty-eight, and he passed at the age of seventy-six on February first of this year in Los Angeles, California. I uh, went to San Francisco State and San Diego State Universities. Um, he was married a few times. He's got two kids. Uh, he played with uh, the Oakland Raiders for a year. One, I assume, one season, 1970, 1971. Um, then he was with the Lions, 71, 73. Uh, said he only played eight games in his whole. Oh no, wait, wait. career NFL statistics. Games played eight. Career CFL. Statistics, statistics, games played 13, uh, fumbled one recovery, but, uh, Carl Weathers came into my life, uh, with the Rocky films, um, one, two, three, and four and everything. So 
but this this movie is is just our his his movie career he's done other than being Apollo Creed other than being Grief Karga uh Dylan and um Predator uh Action Jackson um what else uh Chubbs and Happy Gilmore <laughs> um just popping up everywhere he was Combat Carl in uh Toy Story 4 um television i remember seeing him in a bunch of stuff when i was growing up um, he has a great role in uh arrested development playing himself uh trying to uh sell burger king it's really funny <laughs> <laughs> but he's been in a ton of things oh shit that's right he was in force 10 from navarone i remember him in that um, but I'll always just know him as uh, Apollo Creed uh, from the Rocky films. And this one kind of, I mean, again, it's, it's it's coming for all of us. We just don't know when. Yeah, I guess and, so. It's so sad because, like, I guess, you know, there's never really any indication. Like you said, it could happen at any time. But, like, yeah, it wasn't just, like, a month ago. But, like. Last year he was at the Star Wars celebration and like he was, he was up on stage and like everything seemed great. So he was that's at all why these it's cons. So surprising, you know. He pops up at these cons. He was doing that everything the, the the sci-fi cons and doing just the regular cons. He was popping up. Right. Uh, it says here Weathers died at his home in Los Angeles, seventy uh, six. His family issued a statement saying he died peacefully in his sleep. Um, without revealing the cause of death, so I don't know. We don't know exactly what happened, but yeah. Uh, if there was anything, that he, he must have just kept it to himself. So I mean, again, it's, it's none of our business, but yeah, right. It's exactly. it's it was sad to hear the news uh, of his passing, and um, I just recently watched all the Rocky all right. films and uh, Apollo Creed. Man, the first time I saw Rocky when I was a kid. Um, he was an asshole, and he was an asshole again in Rocky too. But at the end, and then him and uh, uh, him and Rocky kind of made up, and then in Rocky three they were teaming up, and then uh, the end of the his character end in Rocky four uh, was that was sad too. I remember sitting there crying in the theater. <laughs> but uh, he left us with a ton of stuff, a lot of TV. A lot of movies, a lot of good characters that he played. Uh, I've never met the gentleman, but him being Grief Karga and the Mandalorian, when he for when we first un- heard the announcement that he was going to be in it, I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah! I just called him. I call him Apollo Creed in everything, and he'll he'll only be Apollo Creed in my eyes because that's what I knew him. I didn't know his real name when I first saw him on on the movie screen. So, but. Um, I'm gonna have to go pick up one of those Grief Karga uh, figures. Uh, there's no love for that character. <laughs> I, every time I go to the Star Wars section at Target or Walmart, there's always a bunch of his. No love for him or Lando for some reason. <laughs> so, but uh, even what's his name, uh, Mr. Smith Lando? What's uh, 
Childish Gambino's name. Donald um, Glover. Yeah, him. I mean, there's no love for him either. He's, I see his figures always on the shelves, but yeah, that's uh, there's. I'm on StarWarsNews.net, and that's um, some of the stories I have here uh, of of him uh, yep. passing and everything. But I don't see much uh, more other than the 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 new stuff that that's coming. Yeah, um, I got a. But what's the news uh, you got? Um. Stellan Skarsgård, whose character I loved in the first season of Andor, says uh, he's praising the end of season two, uh, praising the writing. So they finished it. Not surprised. I guess they're wrapping it up uh, now. I don't think it's arriving this year because we still got Skeleton Crew, uh, Acolyte, and then Andor. So. Maybe it'll fall into the end of the year. That'd be cool, but probably, probably saving it for more. um. Yeah. What's that Disney convention? D twenty three, which is probably. like right after San Diego Comic Con, so probably can't make it. But uh, maybe we can win some money and uh, do it. Do it all. <laughs> yeah, and if you uh, Disney people want to sponsor us, I mean, you don't have to pay us or nothing, but just get us in. <laughs> we'll come. We'll we'll get our own room. We could get there. Yeah. Just pay, give us the the passes to get in, because <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be broke after San Diego. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, just um, a couple others, real quick. Uh, this one's kind of funny. I don't know if you know who uh, NBA legend Bill Walton is. Oh, the name doesn't. He. Um, is most famous for being oh, uh, okay. a Portland Trailblazer yeah. in the 70s, but he's also a, a deadhead and a hippie, and um, he still loves basketball. He still covers basketball. In fact, tonight on the NBA app, they had they have a stream just for him whenever he wants to do it and do like a commentary over a game. And yeah, he's just real out there. Um he claims that Chewbacca was modeled after him because uh, he did get to audition for Star Wars. <laughs> uh, just thought that was kind of funny to see. Um, Jedi Survivor, the Star Wars video game from last year. Really good. Great game. Uh, it actually won Grammy Award for uh, video game soundtrack. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> All right. And then uh, two other last quick ones. Um, Ahsoka, the comic for that is coming in July. So just in time for uh, Comic-Con. I've fallen fallen off a little on uh, getting, getting the comics uh, that I want. But uh, it'll be cool to at least pick up that issue while we're at uh, Comic-Con. <laughs> All right. And uh, they are obviously, as they've announced, uh, moving forward with uh, Ahsoka Season 2. And uh, they will confirm to be recasting uh, Ray Stevenson's Balin Skull. So, sad, but uh, obviously um, they, they need to, you know, for 
the character. They have, they have to. Yeah. So. Mm. All right. Ready to get into a little collecting? Yeah. Uh, really quick. Uh, you mentioned Grammys. That happened, I don't know when, a couple days Yesterday. ago. Yesterday. All right. We run down some of these winners. Uh, best pop solo performance, Miley Cyrus, Flowers. I don't know what that is. Um, You're not going to know any of this, are you? I don't know. We'll see. Best country album, Lainey Wilson. I don't know who that is for Bell Bottom Country. Best R&B song, SZA, Snooze. I know I've heard of that person, but I don't know what that song is. Best pop vocal album, Taylor Swift, Midnights. I don't know what that song is, but I know who she is. Song of the year, I Was Made For You. From the motion picture, Barbie, Billie Eilish, and Phineas O'Connell. Good. I love both of them. Best new artist, Victoria Monet. I don't know who that is. Uh, record of the year, Flowers, Miley Cyrus. Good for you, girlfriend. Um, Who else was up for some worse? Uh, John, somebody, boy genius, whoever that is. Uh, Billie Eilish, Victoria Monet, Olivia Rodrigo, Taylor Swift. And SZA, okay. Album of the year, Midnight's, Taylor Swift. Good for you. So, I mean, I've heard of Taylor, of course, and Miley and Billy. SZA, I've heard of. I don't know uh, who that is or what any of the songs are. But <laughs> all right, um, that's. I mean, I'm that's right just... there with you for the most part. I'm aware, but no, I don't follow any of that. Um, one of the things I do follow, I'm not the hugest fan of his, like a lot of people are, but Travis Scott, I do follow him. And, uh, when he does like drops and he did a surprise drop for the Grammys of, uh, collaboration with, uh, Jordan Jordan's, uh, cactus Jack shoes. And obviously they went like in a snap. And like instantly the resale market, they're going for like three thousand, four thousand dollars a pair. Please. We don't have that kind of money. But if you want to send us some, we'll take them. Rap yeah. album of the year, Michael by Killer Mike. Yeah. Right on. And I don't know who any of these other artists are. Uh I know who Killer Mike is. Um uh okay, Billy, rap song. Scientists and engineers. Uh, Future, Andre 3000, and James Blake are the winner. Yay. Uh, I don't. I know who Andre 3000 is. I don't know who those other guys are. Uh, pop duo, Ghost in the Machine, SZA and Phoebe Bridgers. I don't know who they are. Well, SZA. I don't know who he is or whatever, but. Um, best African music performance, Taylor. Don't know who you are. Um, music video, I'm only sleeping. The Beatles. Oh, <laughs> good, 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 <laughs> good song. Oh man, it's Weird. a sad video too. That's I'm glad. strange. Good, good for them. That's... It's a really good song, and it's a sad video. Uh, let me see. Pop vocal album, oh, Taylor. Um, alternative music album, the record Boy Genius. Don't know who that is. Uh, metal performance, seventy-two seasons, Metallica. Okay, and who are the other bands? Slipknot, Disturbed, 
Spirity Spirit Box. I don't know what that is. Or Ghost Ghost. Yeah, garbage. Um, rock album This Way by Paramore. Uh over Metallica? Okay. Um, rock song, not strong enough. Um it's just I guess these are the writers. I don't know who who that is, but okay. Um I heard Jay Z made some kind of statement. Did you hear about that? Nope. I don't I even know what it was, but I guess like he kind of went off script or something like I don't think it was like expected what he said, but he made some comment about I don't even know, honestly, but it was it was something to the effect of like how they do it. Like it didn't make sense, like how they do the Grammys. <laughs> mm, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's just all whatever's popular. So. I, I don't know how you get to be in this. So, but um, I'm just going down the list on some other things, and I have no idea who these people are. Country song, White Horse, Chris Stapleton, and Dan Wilson. Uh, I've heard of Chris Stapleton. I don't. I couldn't tell you any songs. Um, Barbie. The album won something for compilation, soundtrack, and visual media. Um, do, 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 see all this other stuff. I have no idea who. Score, soundtrack, and visual media. Oppenheimer, Ludwig. Let me try out that last name. Over John Williams? Come on. Um... Country duo. I remember everything. Zach Bryan and Casey somebody. I don't know who they are. Um, Michelle Obama won for her spoken word album, I guess. Score soundtrack for interactive media. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Okay. Um... I'm sure a lot of this stuff didn't make it on TV, or if it is on TV, I don't know. I haven't watched these type of shows in, in years. Who the hell's Boy Genius? Do you know? Mm, no. I see right here that Jay-Z won the second recipient of the Dr. Dre Global Impact Award. And... Uh, during his acceptance speech, he admitted he was nervous, vocalizing his stance on the truth regarding the consideration of hip-hop and black musicians by the Recording Academy and cited Beyonce as a prime example. Uh, I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won Album of the Year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know, everyone. We'll see what uh, what happens with uh, all that. I mean, Jay Z, man, do I love everything he does? No, man, but I get where he's saying. I mean, I I understand, but it's not Grammys and American Music Awards, all these things, even Academy Awards. It's a business, so. 
uh, and music industry. It's cutthroat, cutthroat business. You know, it, it, is it who you know? I guess uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I've I've never experienced any of that that type of stuff. I mean, we've won awards for our group, but nothing big like any of this. But I don't know. Well, we'll see. But um, collecting. I have a few things. What do you got? Yeah, got a few things. Um, my Marvel Collector's Core box. It's kind of cool. They still do this box thing. Um, although, like, I'm at the front of it. I get it when it first comes out. It seems like I see posts all the time about how you can get them for hella cheap. So, guess I'm getting robbed that way. But they're still fun, and I enjoy them. So, the latest one was Spider-Man Blue. It's got some pretty cool um, blue comic themed pops in it uh, i posted pictures on the instagram at the z so if you want to check that out also uh from amazon uh the newest uh, grogu pop he's holding the anzellan droid smith it's pretty cool also uh have a picture of that up if you want to see that and then um lately it's been uh chasing the Chase in the Wild time. I found the uh, Game of Thrones one, the uh, King one, which I don't know where I put it. It's oh, right on the corner here. It's uh, yeah, Viserys Targaryen. Uh, I got that one. I may have mentioned that last show, but since then also, uh, and this one's more either to like uh, trade or sell, but. Uh, couldn't leave a chase in the wild. This is from uh, Naruto. I got the Hidan or Haidan uh, pop, and it's pretty cool. His I'm I'm not familiar with the character, but like the normal pop, he looks regular. In this chase version, he kind of looks like uh, the Punisher, like when he like painted his face like with the the white and black makeup, like to look like a skull. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then just in time to get ready for Valentine's Day's Ops, uh, the Star Wars uh, Valentine's Pops from this year. Got Han Solo. He's fully chocolate. Uh, Leia, her head is chocolate. The rest of her is like in a red wrapper. Don't really love the way the design looks, but it's Star Wars, so got to add to the collection. And then finally, Obi-Wan Kenobi holding a heart, um, and he's pink uh, in the style of the way they've done it for the past few years with these Valentine's releases. So uh, there's that. And I can't remember if I mentioned or not. I may have mentioned that that one came in, but uh, the other came in, the... uh, Left eye of the chili and left eye oh, chases. Oh, got that one. Yeah, so I now I have all three uh, TLC chases and all the TLC Funko really about that. And uh, yeah, looking around, I guess that'll that'll do me for this week. <laughs> all right. Well, I got one, a uh, couple things, a couple pops, and another thing from Super 7. A uh, buddy of mine, Hap, he went down to, uh, for vacation, and went down to Australia, and they went to, um, 
Steve Irwin's uh, zoo or safari thing, whatever he's got going on there. And uh, he was like, hey, man, they have pops here. Do you want one? And he just took a picture of what they had there. And right in the picture was the chase of Steve Irwin. Awesome. He's holding a, a turtle. <laughs> so I was like, dude, grab me that one. And he was like, okay. And he goes, what's so special about these? I said, see that little circle? That. He went, all right. <laughs> so he, he brought it and brought it all the way back from Australia. Uh, so this is a cool one. The next one I got, this was one of the con exclusives, the um, fall uh, con- convention from last year. Um I ordered it from, uh, no, I, I bought one that, um, I think I mentioned it before, but I don't remember, from uh, Target. And this is, uh, it glows glow in the dark, and this is a to- Toxic Avenger. Um, this is really cool. I love Toxic Avenger. It's the first trauma film I've ever seen, and I just fell in love with that character. The movie's goofy and everything, but it's got sex and gore and violence in it so if you see if you know trauma that's that's what you get but they finally came out with his own little pop uh with his mop and his little tutu and everything so i thought the sculpt is really good and it glows in the dark so this is really awesome glad i have it um did you get that one no i didn't it's really cool though i like it (laughs) all right this next one uh, last weekend eric and i went into guitar center he needed some stuff there and uh, every now and then they have pops, and they had this one in there. I forgot they had it, and I saw it, and I grabbed it. And Eric was mad because there was only one. Uh, but this is uh, the um, mascot for Megadeth, Vic Rattlehead. And this is uh, how he looks is from the uh, the Rust in Peace album with uh, the suit, the blue suit he has on, and he's holding a... I don't know, some kind of green diamond looking thing. Um, this is my second favorite uh, Megadeth album, Rust in Peace. Um, Peace Cells being my favorite Megadeth album. So I was happy that they got this. I need to do some rearranging on my um, my shelf behind me because it started off with just music and then now, or um, I think I was just throwing good ones up there, but I, I kind of wanted to be just the music ones because it's starting to get out of control but this next one i am gonna film this for for tiktok so let me get uh into character for you guys but here we go yo yo what's up everybody ned's back uh it's not an unboxing it's uh something that came for me finally and this is the Super 7 Cliff Burton Ultimate Figure. Uh, I just got it today, so wanted to show you guys what it looks like. Um, I have a few of the uh, reaction figures uh, for Cliff Burton. Uh, here's one of them. Um, there's this one. Uh, they, there's a new one that just came out. Plus, there's a, another one with a uh, red card. Uh, I have that somewhere over here but this this is really cool um i love these ultimate uh packaging um i have some two king diamond ones this is uh, awesome the the denim box 
it's not really denim, but that's you guys know Cliff Burton. That's what he always wore. Uh, this is really cool on the back, and this is what it looks like. Sorry for the glare, everyone, but oh, you guys are seeing it before I'm seeing it. So really, co really cool. Um, ah, it's just that glare that's killing me. But this is this is an awesome figure. It's got three heads, um, uh, four sets of hands, um, and one one hand is doing the finger. Uh, he's got his um, misfits uh, shirt on, uh, his uh, Levi's and his his denim jacket, as well as his jeans, his bell bottom jeans. Uh, he's got his base and a sledgehammer, I think, in there. Um, but this is really, really, really cool. Uh, Cliff Burton, the bassist for the second bass player for uh, Metallica. He did awesome albums, Kill 'Em All, Master Puppets, and um, Ride the Lightning. That's what this packaging is for, the Ride the Lightning. This is a really, really cool figure. Let me see if I can. Sorry about the crying kids uh, outside. Um, kind of move in so I can kind of get this glare away from it. But yeah, this is it's really cool figure. I love it. Um, there's the the hands, uh, the base and everything. The glare, everyone. Sorry, <laughs> but this is this is an awesome awesome figure. I'm glad that I have it in my collection. I also got one for my son Eric. He's a huge uh, Metallica fan as well as Cliff Burton. So this is. Uh, amazing i love the the packaging is really cool um i'm again I, I need another one so i can put it uh here on one of the shelves that i got so definitely uh check that out oh really care while i'm at also um i don't know one of my favorite uh thrash albums ever slayers rain and blood also picked this up uh the other day when i was at um guitar center went in there this is Probably my favorite um, Slayer album. Awesome photo of them on the back. And this album rules. So definitely, uh, if you guys have not heard that album before, definitely uh, do yourself a favor. If you love heavy music and all that. Um, really quick, another thing that I picked up when I was at Guitar Center. I just talked about it uh, a second ago. This is the, the Vic Rattlehead from Megadeth. Um, really cool pop from uh, the rust in peace album uh, i really love what's going on here let me see if i can get this glare out of the way let's get a little closer um really 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 cool sculpt i love it but um all right everyone that's gonna be it for this episode of uh tiktok um we're still recording uh, the regular show so um go over and listen to all that so but all right everyone i'm out of here see you next time so until then party on All right, everyone, if you want to see what the Cliff Burton figure looks like, go over to TikTok once I uh, put it up. But this is an awesome, awesome figure. I'm glad uh, that I have it. I remember when they announced that it was coming out uh, last year sometime. I was like, oh, man, I got to get it. So I missed all the pre-orders, but um, uh, this was on Amazon, and I just ordered it the other day. I went on there. I was going to get it from Entertainment Earth, but... Entertainment Earth sucks, man. I ordered a Rhea Ripley pop last year. Oh, it'll be here November. Oh, it'll be here December. Oh, it'll be here January. Oh, it'll be here February. Now they're saying March. I don't know. Just send send it to me, please. Damn it. 
<laughs> they're <laughs> usually not that bad, but that's pretty bad. I got to admit. Yeah. So I'm just saying, ah, all right, but all right, everybody, that is it for collecting. We are almost out of here. I'm sure this is pushing three hours, <laughs> but, uh, random. What do we call it? I don't even know anymore. I'm tired. Um, we didn't do sports. recommendation. Oh, sports. I have none. So go ahead. Um, the warrior season's been pretty rough. Um, I think last time I mentioned how, uh, we lost, uh, uh, tragically one of our assistant coaches passed away, uh, on a road trip in, in, uh, Salt Lake city and it stopped the team for a week. Um, uh, since then, it's kind of been win loss, win loss, win loss, and even even tonight, like we lost uh, last game, but we win tonight. So uh, it's it's we've lost some real tough ones too. Um, we lost to the Kings by one. We lost to the Lakers in double overtime by one. That's it. That just went to show like how the season's been going. So. Uh, and it just continues, uh, and I don't know what they can change. Uh, trade deadline's coming up this week, so they may make a move. For a while there, I felt like they had to. Now it's kind of flipped to the point where it's like, I don't know what we could get that honestly would make a difference. So you don't want to make a move just to make a move. Uh, we missed out on Pascal Siakam, so I don't know. Um We'll see. I mean, there's still time in the season, but we're past the midway point. So, I mean, they can still sneak in and maybe their um, experience does it for them. We'll see. But, yeah, it's been a pretty rough year. Uh, Good to get a win tonight. But, uh, yeah, we're on that. And uh, I know you had nothing, but uh, I had an email and I wanted to hear your take on it uh, on the WWE. Uh, So let me read you a little bit of this and then get your reaction. Uh, They smell what The Rock is cooking and they don't like it. (laughs) One of the biggest stars in the history of pro wrestling made a surprise return to WWE and will headline WrestleMania 40. But fans aren't exactly thrilled about the planned match. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson made a surprise appearance last week's episode of SmackDown to confront Roman Reigns. WWE is setting up a match between The Rock and Reigns at April's WrestleMania in Philadelphia. So what's the big deal? Shouldn't fans be thrilled that one of the most famous people in the world is set to appear at WWE's biggest show? However, Johnson has just parachuted in and disrupted a story that WWE has been building for years. In early 2022, Cody Rhodes left... AEW and returned to WWE. From the moment he came back, Rhodes made it very clear he had one goal to win the championship, something his late father, the legendary Dusty Rhodes, had never done. Uh, He'd repeat every time he appeared on the screen, finish the story. To make a long story short, Rhodes won last year's 30-man Royal Rumble match to earn the opportunity to face reigns in the title match it seemed like it'd be a foregone conclusion and there'd be no better time to drop the title against Roden, which would be a feel-good moment to close out the two-night wrestlemania but then reigns won Rhodes' story wasn't finished he spent the next uh, several months building himself back up uh which he could 
get in the Rumble match before they could get into the ring again, The Rock swoops in and takes his place. The development has not gone over well with fans, to say the least. The backlash has been swift and furious. We Want Cody was trending on Twitter all weekend. Even Logan Paul, who currently owns WWE's United States Championship, chimed in tweeting, We Want Cody. At one point of the video, uh, Friday SmackDown segment had 500,000 dislikes. It must be higher now, but but there's no way to know because the dislike count has been removed from the page. I know what the wrestling skeptics are thinking. Isn't this just a bit of misdirection to add drama to Rhodes pursues a title? Uh, What's your take on that whole situation? Um, This should have happened a long time ago. That's a little too late for The Rock to come in and beat Roman Reigns, but... Um, I'll watch it and, uh, I'm, I'm still going to go with, uh, the tribal chief, uh, Roman Reigns. I got my spot at the table and I'm pointing, got my one finger pointed up for you wrestling marks to know what I'm talking about. Um, I, the rock awesome performer, I think it'll be a good match, but I think he's going to do what he did, uh, almost I think it was 10 years ago um, when he came back and took the belt from CM Punk. And I was, we were like at the Royal Rumble and we were like, what? And he had the belt for a little while. And then I think he lost it to Cena or somebody. I can't remember. It was something stupid, but um, yeah, we thought Cody was going to take it from him at Royal Rumble, but our, um, WrestleMania, but I, I guess not. Um, the speaking of Royal Rumble, go over to the Horror Returns and uh, their, their all their stuff and listen to the latest wrestling return. We run through the whole the whole thing. Um, Cody Rhodes won back to back. Man, he won last year the Royal Rumble and he won this year. So I don't know what he's doing because when you win the Royal Rumble, you get to pick who you're going to go after, and it's usually a main event. But then The Rock came in. He came He came back a week or two ago. And he was doing his thing. Hyping up. And he was like, I'm coming for the head of the table. And when he said that, that's when everybody went, ah. So they know he was going after Roman Reigns. And then at SmackDown, he showed up. Um, all they did was do a stare off. They didn't do anything. Um, Cody was out there talking. And he said, hey, man, there's someone uh, that's uh, I'm going to have to step aside because there's someone else coming. And I think, you know, him. and then if you smell and everybody, ah, the place went nuts and out came the rock. He got into the ring. Him and Roman Reigns were nose to nose. And then that was the end of the show. But if you watch uh, the aftermath on YouTube, uh, he said some stuff. Roman said some stuff, but nothing, nothing happened. So they're building that up. Um, I assume The Rock has some break time in movie making, so he's going to come wrestle for us again. They always bring in The Rock if something is starting to to go low within ratings for some reason. They always bring in The Rock. Um, When they were trying to push Roman to be a face, man, it wasn't happening. 
uh, he, he won the Royal Rumble and he won his match at WrestleMania and everybody wasn't having it. But before that WrestleMania win, um, they had to have the rock come out and try to hype everybody up and nobody was buying it. Everyone was still booing Roman Reigns. So that's when he went, he went full heel and this whole tribal chief and, and every head of the table and I'm the one and all that started. And I like this heel run that he's doing. Could he go back and be a face? I don't know. But obviously, Roman is the heel here. Rock is going to be the face. And I don't know what they're going to... I don't know what's happening. I mean, there's a lot going on over there. Um, I know Vince McMahon, he he pulled out of everything because of all the nonsense that he's going through. I don't know if you uh, know what's going on with him. Uh, this lady came out with some um, allegations of uh, sex trafficking and, and this and that dealing with Vince McMahon and some other people uh, in the WWE and the pointing fingers at Brock Lesnar too. He was supposed to be in the Royal Rumble, but since all these allegations came out, he they pulled him from Royal Rumble. He was supposed to come out during the Royal Rumble, but he didn't. So we're like, oh, but then all these text messages came out of Vince McMahon texting this this woman. I can't remember her name. And you can read all this if you Google it and read it in these text messages. This is it's not all of them. It's just some of them that, that they put out. And it's some wild, wild shit. Really, really graphic. And it's it's crazy. And what he was texting this young woman. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm sorry about the crying kids. I, I don't know. He pulled out of the WWE, whatever he had a part of, and he pulled out of his um, um, TKO, whatever, some boxing thing that, that he was doing. I guess it was the people that uh, bought WWE. He pulled out of all of that, and he's hiding somewhere. He's not married anymore. He's been, I don't know when he got divorced, but um, he's in hiding right now i don't know maybe he's just at his house and not leaving but there's a lot of stuff going on i can't read any of the stuff i mean i could but i'm not going to um look it up if you want to know what he said and it's wild uh i was reading some of it and i was like damn it's it's so graphic and you know all the craziness that i watch yeah (laughs) it's nuts um but uh i hope this girl gets all the money she's going after them for so is he going to be broke? Hell no, he's not going to be broke, but he's going to take a big, she's going to take a big chunk of it. So, but I don't know. There might be other, there's other people involved in it as well. I'm not sure about other females, but um, the way these texts are sounding, I think there might be some other ladies that are, are going to come up um, and say some stuff. And was he ever on Epstein's Island? Pfft, I don't know, man, the way he's talking, maybe. Um, But, but again, yeah, that's going on too. <laughs> But as far as The Rock and Roman Reigns, I think it'll be a good. As, are you as mad as most? I guess is my question because, uh, like I'm, they said, the 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 one SmackDown episode had, like I said, half a million dislikes, and 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 the We Want Cody was trending all weekend. They're 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 pushing Cody, and. It is messed up what what they're doing. I mean, I don't know who he's gonna go after. Um, 
because it was it was uh, when it came down to the final two it was CM Punk and Cody, but CM Punk got hurt. He tore a tricep or something, so um, I don't think he was gonna win anyway. But he he got hurt, so who knows how long he's gonna be out? And he just came. This was a, his first uh, in ring on TV, and he got hurt. He did some uh, some um, house shows and everything. But he's hurt now, so we don't know how long he's gonna be out. And he Punk has always been known since uh, his leaving. He got hurt in AEW and he was gone for a year or something like that. Then he came back and then all that shenanigans happened there. So now he's hurt now, and I don't know how long it takes for that to heal. But um, I don't know, man. It's not looking good for Punk right now. So, but I'm still excited he's back. I don't know if he's gonna have to retire or what. Um, will he be gone a year? I don't know. Maybe we'll see. But as far as Cody, yeah, they 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 slapped him in the face. Said, "Sorry, bro, we got the Rock that's gonna do this." Uh, the Rock should have just said, "You know what? Nah, Cody, it, it's his time. Let him, let him shine." But I'm I don't know how big that check is they threw at the Rock, and it had to be in the millions because that's what uh, the Rock makes. And I was what reading the, or listening to this one thing the Rock was talking about. He's like. Getting in shape for movies and getting in shape for wrestling is two different things. You figure he's all big and buff and he's in shape. He could just get in the ring and do it. He said, no, you got to prepare yourself to be in the ring. He goes, act doing stuff in movies. Yeah, he goes, I I can do what I do. He goes, but being in the ring and doing what he does there is totally different things. He could probably pull muscles or tear this and that. Uh. And if he doesn't train to wrestle, so he's he's doing that, and whenever WrestleMania is happening and everything, so it's it's crazy on what's going on. But as far as the the match, I'm gonna watch it and I'm gonna enjoy it, of course. But I, I get why everybody's mad on what's happening in the WWE, and this whole Vince McMahon thing isn't doing it, doing any doing the company any justice so i i don't know what what's going to become of that uh or anything um obviously vince is is guilty of it so i don't i don't know we'll see when all that when all that uh comes to play court wise and everything but it's bedtime everybody so that's why all these mm-hmm. kids are screaming right. but yeah i mean i'm not mad i get why people are mad but i'm too old to be worrying about stuff like that we know who's gonna win we know it. Um, the Roman Reigns just had to build over a thousand days or something like that. So we'll we'll see. He's he's had the, that belt the longest, I believe, out of the whole WWF WWE history. He's had it the longest. So we'll see. He's lost some matches, but some of the matches of when he, while he's had this belt wasn't for the belt. So we'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I have a feeling uh if the Rock doesn't win, um Roman will still be the champ or Rock's gonna win, take the belt, and then end up who knows, maybe Cody will go after the Rock and and win it. I don't know. But then there's also this there's rumors of going around that Roman Reigns is gonna take a break for a while. So and they usually do that. And you might as well do it at at WrestleMania, him drop the belt, but um, I think everybody would have been happier if Cody Rhodes took the belt 
off of Roman Reigns. Because yeah, I guess because they just been building building up for it forever, right? Yeah, that's what if, it sounds like. If the Rock wins, and then Cody Rhodes goes up to, to him, and 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 they they battle for the belt, and Cody wins, Roman Reigns is go. You never beat me for it, and it'll start that feud. Or so, maybe they could do the thing where um, Rock beats Roman. And then Cody runs in. Would they do that? Would they have him then take take do like a back to back match? If he had like, the money no, in the I'm bank here, like at WrestleMania, go like back to back. Like, no, that's mine. And then like he runs in and takes on think. the Rock. Would he they do that? He wouldn't do that. Cody wouldn't do that. First of all, mm. so no, because he 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 would want whoever he's going up to be a hundred percent, not just have a match and be all tired and then. That's that's to me it's stupid. Mm. If Cody had the money in the bank and did that, we'd all be for it. Right. But I, I don't know. We'll see. Um Damian Priest has the, the money in the bank. So briefcase. he'll do it. <laughs> if he comes in and does it and beats the rock, I I'm I'm alrighty for uh L <laughs> L Senior money in the bank. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh I don't know. But um I don't know, man. It's going to be crazy WrestleMania. We'll see. I would like to go, but it's all the way over in uh, the city of brotherly love in Philadelphia. Um, Bailey oh, is going. Oh, Embiid is going to be there because he's the one that's been getting fined left and right. He's the one that does the DX celebration. And every time he does it, he gets fined. Know, who knows? We'll probably jump in the ring and cause some some chaos or something. I don't yeah. know. But <laughs> Bailey's going after um EO Sky. Um they all thought she was gonna go after mommy, uh Rhea Ripley, but that ain't happening. So because now it seems like they're pushing Nia Jax to go after um Rhea Ripley, but I, I don't know what they're doing there. But I think EO and Bailey is gonna be an awesome match. Uh, Bailey won. The, the women's Royal Rumble, and she came in, I think, number three spot. So she was in there over an hour, and she ended up pulling it out at the end. So we'll see. Um, if ba- I mean, I want Bailey to win. I hope so. She wins uh, wrestle- at WrestleMania. I just don't want her to be hurt because one time she won the belt, then she got hurt and had to give it up. Um, but I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But, yeah, as far as The Rock and Roman Reigns, We'll see. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what Triple H is doing. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what's happening. Uh, I'm just more mad that Punk. Not mad, but it's just like, damn, Punk got hurt. And and a lot of people were saying that too. They said, watch, man, Punk's gonna get hurt. And nothing uh, when he comes back. And that's exactly what you see when he got hurt. Because he was ba- he was babying his arm, but he was still out there doing it, man. He he got all the way through the rumble. And he was uh, the, the one of the last men standing, and then he he got thrown out. So we'll see how it goes, everyone. But um, yeah, we're just about at it here, everyone. Yeah. So uh, quick recommendations. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, gonna keep it simple. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. The movie is streaming on Hulu, so check that out. And for song, uh, wanted to promote our. Uh, 
New Jack Swing Study Group Pod we got on the uh, E-Society Podcast uh, Spotify for Podcast Feed uh, and give you a track that I didn't feature on that. And that's uh, John A's track, uh, Hey Mr. DJ. This was another inescapable song kind of late in the uh, New Jack Swing era, 1994. But uh, yeah. Uh, felt like it deserved to be mentioned and I didn't mention it. So uh, didn't make my top 20, but uh, solid song that was uh, inescapable in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, I like that song. Hey, Mr. Hey, DJ. DJ. Yep. All like right. All right. <laughs> Once again, it's on. I just remember that part too. But um, All right. Uh, Hulu, go watch uh, the 2006 comedy video game movie i guess that's what it says here <laughs> grandma's boy uh that movie's hella funny if you haven't seen it uh, yeah. i i just watched it the other night <laughs> i love that movie check out uh grandma's boy it's all of uh, adam sandler's buddies uh and everything so i first but, uh, got that movie um interestingly when it looked like we weren't going to our second e3 uh e3 2006 and i was all down and depressed so i went to the the walmart and i went and got you know fast food and i went and bought uh, i was like okay uh, let me let me buy this uh, grandma's boy i never heard of it but it's from uh, sandler's company and uh, i was all down and depressed watching it and then joel burst in the room he's like i think i found a way and yeah, he found us uh, other people's tickets. That was the year we went as uh, Anthony Mazzotto and uh, uh, Samuel Hahn. <laughs> Do they still have that? I have my Samuel Hahn. No, no, E3's dead. It officially, it's funny you say that. Um, just like a month or two ago, it officially died for good. E3 mm-hmm. is, is, is dead, never to return. Well, maybe it could return. But as of right now, it's dead, which is sad because uh, it was always the biggest moment uh, for video games, um, which real quick, I know we're trying to get out of here, but real quick, uh, I've been playing a bunch of Last of Us Part 2. They remastered it and they released a documentary, a two hour documentary uh, on it. And on that, uh, they were talking about their reveal trailers and how big E3 was. And like, even just hearing them talk about that. And that was just a few years ago during the development of last of us. It's like, it's sad that it's over and yeah, they've got other events, Tokyo game show and, uh, PlayStation expo. And there's other video game shows now that'll pick up the slack, but it's still sad that, uh, the once great E3 is, uh, dead and gone. All right. Uh, oh, Grandma's Boy. Track. Yeah, check that out. Yeah. Uh, this one this one just came out today. It's uh, Monday, February 5th. Kerry uh, King, his band, his new solo band just uh, dropped. And uh, their first single, Idle Hand. Uh, for those of you that don't know Kerry King, I just talked about uh, his band, Slayer. Um. He said he once, when Slayer called it quits, he said he wasn't going to uh, quit. He wanted to keep playing music. So uh, he was teasing all this stuff, uh, some quick little snippets. We weren't really sure what it was, but it finally put out 
the first single to his up-and-coming album, which we have no idea what it's called. Um, if you follow him on Instagram and all that, it just blew up the internet this morning within the the heavy metal and thrash community. And this track is called Idle Hands. So definitely, definitely check it out. You listen to the the hard music. There's some haters out there. Every I get it. Everybody wants Slayer. Tom Mariah doesn't want to do it no more. I want Slayer too. I mean, I grew up listening to them. Uh, I saw them last time I saw them perform. No, second to the last time I saw them perform was at Comic Con at House of Blues uh, when Slayer played there, and they did their uh, Comic Con takeover. Uh, plus, they were down on the um, on the floor in the exhibit hall at the uh, Nuclear Blast booth signing autographs. So, but yes, Kerry King is back with his band, and he's got three of the Bay Area's best in his band. Uh, lead vocals, Mark Austin Guetta from Death Angel, he's in it. I was like, fuck yeah. Kerry uh, King, of course, and the other lead guitar players, Phil Demel, uh, is in Violence. And he's used to be in uh, Machine Head, and he was another band called Technocracy and a band called Torque. Torque, they were okay. Technocracy, it was different. I liked it. Uh, he was badass in Machine Head. Violence is—he's always gonna be violence in my eyes. Violence is still a band playing, and it sucks. He's leaving Violence to do this now, full time. So the only really original member—well, he wasn't the first vocalist, but. Um, Sean Killian is still uh, the vocalist in Violence, so it's pretty much a whole new band anyway, but they're still tough. We saw them not too long ago. And the bass player, Kyle Sanders from Hell Yeah. I uh, wasn't really a fan of that band, but from what I'm hearing in this one song, he sounds pretty good, so we'll see. But on the drums, uh, another Bay Area legend, Paul Bostaff. He was in Forbidden the first time I saw him play drums, and then he was in Testament. Uh, did a little bit of some Exodus, just helping out. I mean, the, the, a lot of a lot of the Bay Area band members, uh, they all kind of do circles. If they need, if one of these bands needs help uh, on a tour or whatever, everybody always fills in. Paul Bostaff played with all kinds of people. He was the last drummer in Slayer as well, so he was that was that we all knew that he was um, him and Kerry King were doing something. Um, so they only have him listed for Slayer, Paul Bosa, but he, Forbidden, that's where I know him from. Uh, plus his, his dad was my uh, computer teacher in high school, so I thought that was really cool. But yeah, that's the, the band he has right now. And the song that's out, Idle Hand, it sounds, it's pretty tough, man. I like it, but I, I get the haters. They're like, we want Slayer, we want Slayer. You can't have Slayer without Tom Mariah. You can't. So just... Everyone will they play Slayer song? Who knows? Maybe they'll play something at the end, either Angel of Death or Raining Blood. Anything will be fine. But as soon as they start touring around and everything, once the album comes out, I'm definitely gonna go uh, check them out and everything. Uh, hopefully, when they play the Bay Area, because it'll be big for all us uh, Bay Area thrashers. So yeah, Idle Hands from Kerry King. I assume the band just called Kerry King. I, I don't know. I mean, because that's all that I see uh, promoting uh, it. So we shall see uh, where that goes. Because let me go to his um, Instagram. And that's all I'm seeing. <laughs> well, I'm over on Mark Austin Guetta's um, thing. And it's it's just Carrie King. Uh, I, I don't know. 
We'll see everyone. We'll we'll wait. I know uh his band is gonna be playing on some uh, festival uh, over the pond somewhere, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully uh get them to play uh Aftershock. Uh play the day Pantera's playing, please, <laughs> if they do uh play that that festival. Um but yeah, check out uh Carrie King's uh, new single Idle Hands. So all right, everyone, that is it. Um, tried not to make it a long episode, and you know how it goes. It's a long episode. <laughs> so, But uh, please follow us on Facebook. Just search East Society. Go down to all the links below. Listen to our Spotify for Podcasters feed. If you want to hear that new Jack Swing uh, episode, you got to go over to Spotify and check it out. Uh, follow us on YouTube. Search East Society. Go to T Public. Pick up a T-shirt, please. Follow us on X at East Society Pod at Magnus Pod at Theo Zisu. Instagram at East Society Pod at the Zisu at Magnus Pod. Uh, and follow us on TikTok at East Society Pod. Intro and outro music by Mixla Beat Productions. Go to www.mixlawproduction.com and have at it. And if you haven't listened to my last. Uh, Magnus Pod, uh, Magnus Podcast episode uh, 145 with interview with Stephen Young. Please do yourself a favor and go check that out. Shout out to everybody that uh, was sharing that episode and listening to it. Uh, Stephen Young's got a lot of family, a lot of friends, and everybody was sharing and listening. So horns up to all of you. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, everyone, that's that's it right now. Um, I'm going to finish my Oscar watch. Hopefully next episode I'll come back and talk about the last two movies uh, on the list or movie and a half. Um, oh, there is a documentary coming out. I'm not sure exactly when it's coming out, but it's dealing with um, the uh, Hintel Child Development Center in Oakland, California. And uh, I believe Mike, friend of the show, Mike J. Marin is, is uh, directing it. And he will be interviewed in it as well. And he asked me the other day if I wanted to be in it because I am one of the the OGs of that um, child development center. My mom worked there as well, and that's where I met everybody that I'm still friends with today. Um, it's where I met Mike. It's where I met uh, Darren and a lot of my friends. Shout out to Mel and Mavis. Uh, Mel, I love you and I miss you. D as well, man. Both of you. I love and miss both of you guys every day. Um, and uh, it's going to be awesome. They're going to start filming that um, later this month. I think the end of the month. So I got to go down to Oakland and uh, film it. So I'm going to start getting myself into somewhat shape. Because all I did was sit around and get fat that whole time I was getting. Or fatter when I was... <laughs> When my ankle was broken. But all right, everyone, that is it. This episode, please come back next time for more. Also, again, like I said, go over to Spotify for podcasters. Listen to the new Jack Swing, uh, the Zisu's uh, top 20 new Jack Swing song. Awesome, awesome episodes. Two and a half hours. <laughs> we didn't, didn't think it was go that long, but it did. But it's a good episode. Go check it out. And shout out to everyone listening to us so far. And yeah. So next time, everyone, please be safe out there and always remember to party on. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Till next time, have fun, be safe, and we'll see you next time, you society.